This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. This is Brightside Home Theater. We were talking about oh the green room, fun stuff yeah. like that. Um, yeah, uh, Joe, thank you for being here. You had thank you second time back. Yes, and I mean, you where did you go? You sent me a list, an email that I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> things to talk about. We're not going to hit yeah. on all of that, are we? <laughs> well, let's see how, yeah, we'll how long see. you got. Right. Uh, honestly, it's like my two two thirty my time. I have a. Two cords of wood being delivered that I got to get to. So, if I hear okay. the dogs are barking, I might have to go. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll hit as much as we can. So yeah, yeah, I just, yeah. you know, I, I I got a ton of stuff always floating around in my head. So I just figured I put it all down in one email so I can record. There you that. go. So can can I ask you first what event did you just go to that I am like fascinated to hear about? That yeah, so, so AV Science put on a deal down at Sound United which is uh, based in Southern California, San Diego, Carlsbad area. And uh, they ran three um, sessions. There was a Friday night, a Saturday morning, and a Saturday afternoon. And I had signed up for one of these. And this was supposed to be kind of the big, first big event after Cedia, both Cedia. And they uh, put it out, and I saw it on social media, and I, I bought a bunch of stuff from AV Science in the past and uh, said, yeah, I'm interested in going. So uh, made a weekend trip of it. We went down and uh, saw my daughter in San Luis Obispo and then continued on to Southern California and had breakfast in Santa Barbara and then spent the afternoon playing home theater uh, at Sound United headquarters. So it was very cool. Uh, and there, you know, Den uh, and Morantz, a uh, bunch of other brands, all wrapped up into one. So it was neat to get down there. But the funny thing was that I had signed up and they were expecting, you know, 10 people per session. Well, they had a bunch of people Friday night, a bunch of people Saturday morning. I get there Saturday afternoon, and it's me and one other calibrator. So we had like seven reps and one consumer and one guy who was in the industry. And I got to sit wherever I want. We played all the demos. I got to oh. ask every one of my questions. It was great. It was a, a captive audience. It was uh, That's like a uh, dream really, come true. <laughs> it was a very unique experience. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be so, like yeah. if you had them all to your house, and then you would just pretty like, much guys. This is what I want to do, you know. And like, that's awesome. That's so. What I mean, you, I know you've emailed me a bunch of stuff of back and forth when you first went to this, and what first like comes to mind in your memory of that entire experience? Like, what what's the first thing you think of? I just did the chance to see new gear, right? So. I didn't get out to Cedia in Texas this year for mm -hmm. conflicts and things. Uh, so this one being a, a driving distance, it was easy to get down there. But they were demoing the new JVC 4100 with the newest version of the software that hadn't been released yet. Uh, so we got to check that out. There were guys from Stewart Film Screen, Kaleidoscape, uh, you know, just a, a lot of the high-end brands that I enjoy using. And it was funny because every one of them who started introducing their product was going, yep, I have that. Yep, using yours. I like your stuff. So that was cool yeah. to uh, sit down and just kind of talk with them for a while. So if you're using their stuff, um, 
what's like is there something that like you can't wait for or something like upgrades from there it, you know what i mean like or is it just do, when you go to something like this because honestly i've never been okay and i've never been to anything like i've never been to a, well, home, a, a home show i've never been to a cedia or anything like that i've been to stores and i pick mm-hmm. brains there. that's what i used to do is i'd pick brains at boutiques you know like home theater stores um laser like i said my buddy uh, dave at the laser disc place um but when you get into it what what do you do like I, how do you pick their so, brains? so for me for me it's about being able to see somebody else's system mm-hmm. and seeing how does how does mine stack up how do i compare it because yep. i think you've mentioned this too is I know what my theater sounds like, but is it good? Is it bad? You know, what kind of a grade would you give this? So that's obviously there's things you can measure and test to see on a graph or a chart how it's doing, but what's the real world experience like? You know, how is it watching a movie at a demo center or at somebody else's house? And that's one of the reasons I like to go to these kind of things just to, so I'll make a list of everything that they showed and I'll come home and I'll watch the exact same scenes exactly. and say, like, how was my experience? How did it compare? So, yeah. Yeah. So let me walk you through kind of what we did. So uh got down there, had lunch with them. They had sandwiches brought in, which was nice. And the first demo was all uh, JVC uh, 8K, the 4100 projector focused. Uh, and they were using both the uh, Kaleidoscape, uh, brand new Xbox that was running some 8K game demos. Uh, they also had disc set up, so we were able to really kind of put it through its paces and see uh, a lot of different content on it, um, able to kind of pick and choose what we wanted to see. So we watched some scenes from uh, Avengers Endgame. Uh, we watched some stuff from uh, Thor, some of the big Marvel stuff, and it was just very impressive looking. But then the other cool thing they had it set up off of was uh, – a server running 8k content that had been shot in eastern europe and it was Ooh. these beautiful mosaic walls that were just super super detailed and you know i think on a lesser projector would have turned to mush uh, yeah. but extremely impressive very very detailed looking so, so that was cool to see let me ask you this about then so you've had real world experience of an 8k um I know Todd and I haven't even talked about it yet. I know Todd Anderson has seen it as well, and he was super impressed. I haven't had a chance to pick his brain. But what do you really think that has, like, home theater viability? Because, like, it, how big of a screen did you see it on? And, like, exactly. what impressed you yeah. the most? And is it viable? 165-inch screen. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, I mean, you're, and you were sitting you know, nine, 10 feet from it. So it was, yeah. you could easily have seen any flaws if there were there, but yeah, yeah, I think that resolution of course is only part of the story, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, the color was amazing. The contrast was amazing. Um, I, I think that whether we think it's viable or important or not, it's the way the industry is going to go. So uh, I, I was very impressed by the picture quality off that projector. Okay. So what I mean by that, though, is like I see a future where, yeah, you can buy an 8K TV, but there might actually be a better performing 4K display for sure. wh- whatever user. Do you see where I'm going with this is the number 8K is going to be the selling point, right? For, but, for the masses, absolutely. But when you get into, if you're talking resolution and you're talking... How big is that pixel? How close am I sitting? What's the resolution of my physical eyeball? Right. See that. I think that the 
processing and the capabilities to show something like 8K, which this is an 8K native projector, uh, was very, very impressive. The amount of detail that it was able to manage off of very, very complex uh, imagery, the scenes that were recorded, what they filmed, was very true to life. So they, they showed both, like I said, these kind of uh, architectural uh, images, and then they also had uh, more natural outdoor yeah. shot in green fields, and they looked Now, did, did they do any where it's like, could you A, B, like, this is what this same image would have looked like in 4K, and here's what, here's the upgrade if you go to 8K? Did, didn't get that. So the, we were watching the Kaleidoscape in 4K, so kind of knew what to expect there. Yeah. Uh, we were watching the Xbox, and they were showing the latest Assassin's Creed game uh, in 8K, and that was kind of more of a demo environment. Yeah. But, yeah, the the, the shadow detail, the uh, ability to just see very, very, almost, I won't say 3D, but very in-depth yeah. imagery capability off of it was fantastic. And it's just staggering from you know my, my son was just playing on the old xbox this morning in the theater and uh where, where it's come from and how lifelike it looks now it's, oh, it's amazing it's insane it's insane it, like I, we, I i do the same thing with my son we laugh because i think of where we came from with like blades of steel playing hockey on the on, i think he was playing tony hawk 720 or whatever yeah <laughs> but like it, you know on the saturn sega saturn with blades of steel and it's like shoot the puck shoot the puck and now and mm -hmm. that and that even had that if you remember that that tinny voice and now it's like you're getting real dialogue to the point that i'll walk in the theater and my son's playing a video game and i'll be like i'll know the actor and i'll be like oh, i yeah. know you'll know that voice and be like He's like, oh, you're right. I can't remember who it was last time, but he's like, oh, you're, and it's an obscure actor, not, not super obscure, but it's not like you would Boy's know. Talent. Yeah. It, but you, but he's a, he's an actor from, he would, he was an actor from a show or something like that. And I was like, I know that voice. Um, it, yeah. And then we're getting so close on video games and that resolution and stuff that, uh, I was just watching, um, Snyder cut justice league. And the scene when they have, um, when uh, Wonder Woman, Diana's telling Bruce about the past and how everything came to be the first time um, Darkseid came down. That entire battle is all CGI. And okay. looking at, I hadn't watched this um, since I got the Lumigen. And now looking at it, I'm like, oh, wow, they all look like video game characters. Right, because it's not as perfect as like an image of a person on film, but you could tell there was a little bit of a, a different in texture there. That it was like, oh wow, they're all video game characters. It was because it was a flashback, so you you allow it to happen. But it, it was pretty cool to see. But that's how close we're getting. Oh yeah, and and you know if you go back and watch even you know Jurassic Park or something like that, well, yeah, okay, that that was early CGI, and I can see that was yeah real dinosaurs. But it still holds up compared to what you saw, you know, the, the earlier effects of the 90s that don't necessarily. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of, I just saw, I went to the theater and saw the um, Wakanda Forever. Okay. How was it? I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I'll, I'll save it. For, it. It's, uh, I'll talk more with John this week, but the reasons I loved it, John and I already had a little conversation about it. 
And I was like, wait a minute, I'm saying too much. Let me save it for the show, even for him. Because it's like, you don't want to rehash with the guy the same thing over. It makes it a little tough. But um, but yeah, I, I did love it. But on my way in, there was a box standing next to the entrance. Because this, ent- this is the big theater where I go. The, the best screen, sound, and all that. Uh, X Plus at Showcase. And there's a box, Avatar 2, return your 3D glasses here. Mm. And I took a picture of it. And I said to my wife, I'm like, I think we're getting passive 3D. And that's next month that's coming out? That's coming out December, the what is it, 13th, I think, next month. So not even, it's over a month away from, you know, that's been out for over a month before. I might be wrong. It might be hopeful thinking. But when was the last time you saw like the glasses, the eyeglasses return box over a month before the movie shows up? Outside of the theme park, I haven't seen one for a while. So yeah, right. And it's and it's usually it's just a barrel or something. I feel like that's a that's a like a, you know a shell game thing. Like look here, it's going to be in three D. You're going to need glasses, and then you're going to get in there. And it it's never gonna say take your glasses off now or something like that or you're gonna get glasses but they're not gonna be three they're just gonna be glasses. Yeah, I I, <laughs> I just feel like something is coming to tell us like because like you said talking about AK and it's the it to me it's the HDR and the depth perception that you can create with that we feel like we've said so many times even in our homes now we're like look at this image it's. It's just so good. It's like almost, it's like 3D is almost right there. And I'm just so hopeful that, that we can get to that someday. Passive 3, just regular, how they do it, I don't know. But, you know, we've put a man on the moon, if you, <laughs> if you believe in that thing. It's been a while. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's... Um, and, and, and I keep going back, you know, so I'm using the JVC, a little bit older, the NX5 now. And I keep thinking, this projector looks really, really good. Do I need an upgrade, right? Yeah. I can't convince myself to, to spend the money to make the change yet. So I'm like, oh, I guess it's time to buy an underbulb because I don't see it going anywhere for now. Yeah. It's even going up from a, you're going to get a little bit, I I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. I'm in a, a Sony 295, which is the equivalent, right? Same, same year model, whatever of the two different brands. And it's like, I don't feel like, all right, stepping up to laser. It's like, to me, it's like, I, I get the laser idea. It's, you know, it's a more consistent brightness for a longer period of time, but between bulb and laser, there's really no difference. Uh, processing, maybe you're getting an uptick in processing, but these things are already so good that it's like, I'd rather, it's almost like how many generations do you think you have to skip now? It's, it's so good. That it's like, yeah. it's almost like three generations you can go before you need, before you're going to get a noticeable upgrade. Right. It's the law of diminishing returns, right? I can go, yeah. you know, it's a six or $7,000 projector. If I go spend a bunch more, I see what, maybe a few percent more improvement or, or wait a couple of years and spend more and see a bigger improvement, hopefully. Yeah. Uh, the only plus to upgrading, like almost on a yearly basis is the resale value of the, the one you have. And, sure, sure. It, you know, say you pay six grand in year A and then the next year, year B, you get another one for like, you want to uptick to get the $12,000 one and sell yours for 4,500. Right? right. And, and now you're, that's a, that's about the only advantage, but even at that, 
you get you're you're upgrading to a different model. You're getting you're probably going to get better black levels. You're probably going to get a look, you know, in it some more features. But that's another you're looking at another six thousand dollars or whatever. You but, know, but see, so so in that scenario, what do you do about a laser versus a bulb, right? So in the old days, if I had a projector that was a bulb based, sure, I put a brand new bulb in it. It's good as new. Well, yeah. now that laser's got you know two three thousand hours on it, and it's not something. So I wonder how that will uh, impact resale values in the future. Yeah, good point. That's, yeah, you go to sell yours, your laser projector in the future. I didn't even think of that. You try to yeah. sell that a year later, and it's like, oh, it's only got like 2,000 hours on it. <laughs> like, okay, I, I did my bulb a little over a year ago, and it's got 1,300 hours on it right now. Yeah, I just, I'm closing in on 3000 which I know is kind of the point that I need to make the change, but it's, you know, five or $600 investment in just the bowl. Yeah. I try to do it at fifteen to $2,000. Uh, and, and when I do it at that point, I don't see much of a difference when I, when I bring it back. Yeah. You, it's not like all of a sudden you're like, whoa, everything's brighter. <laughs> it's like, which is probably, that's why I, that's, that's why I do it at that point, because I don't want to have that happen. You know, you don't want to have, wow, how much have I been missing out on for the last 1,500 hours? <laughs> right, as it's right. So I'll tell you, one of the cool things that we did get a chance to see with the new JVC projector running the new software, um, they brought along some disks that were torture tests, right? And it was mm. um, the new software is supposed to help with dimming the laser for those very dark scenes, but maintaining HDR brightness. So we watched a scene from Get Out, and uh, which was perfect because it was Halloween time. But if you're, are you familiar with the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah. So there's a scene where he, the main character first gets hypnotized and the, one of the family members sends him into the sunken place mm. and you see him falling into this kind of black abyss and he's highlighted and, and bright. And then he looks back up at the hypnotist and you see her in this window. And so we first watched it with the old version of the software on the JVC. And it was, it was a challenge to maintain the brightness, especially as it was fading all the way to black. Yeah. We watched it again with the next version of the software, and it was night and day. I mean, it was the, the window stayed very bright. The main character on screen, surrounded in black, stayed well lit. Oh, so wow. it, was, it was impressive to see uh, what they're able to do with the new software. And it, you know, JVC is very good about almost yeah. making their product new each year. You know, so for several years, they'll keep rolling out uh, enhancements to it that bring new functionality and capabilities to it, which is really nice. And that's cool too to see scenes like that to test to be able. Oh, to. Oh yeah. So it's, so first thing I did is I came home and put it on mine and see how it compared and looked great on mine. So. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So yeah. now that software, do you, is that just for the new ones or do you get that software? Yeah, as because well? it's it's laser it's, oh, laser, it's laser based and I'm okay. a bulb based too. Yeah. Okay. But even on so coming home watching a laser now these are the brand new new software everything like that you saw. You can't get better, right? For all intents and purposes. And you came home and how much of a, di yours look great, but how much of a difference do you think it was? And, uh, and be know, honest, like if you're going to say not much because of the travel time, you're like, that's, that's the hardest part. Yeah, sure. It, this was Southern California and Northern California. So yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. Day of driving, come home. But I would say, you know. Obviously, I'm on a smaller screen, so mine's a 130-inch diagonal, and theirs is 165, um, and I'm, you know, one-third mm -hmm. the price of the projector. But I was probably, you know, 90% of the same experience. I, I thought, you know, theirs was a little brighter, a little bigger, a little more detailed. 
But for what I paid for my projector by comparison, I was law of diminishing returns, right? Yeah. That you, you just, you, you get closer and it takes more money to get beyond that point. Right. And, and what's funny is, um, and I've had this conversation with so many people about that law of diminishing returns is like, there's a reason that you have those higher price projectors and it's not, it's not a status thing either. It's what it's really about is screen size. Screen size. Well, how distance. big is your audience? How big yeah. is your room? Right. Exactly. And it's like, and you the same, need to step same up. thing with subwoofers. Yep. yep. Right. Absolutely. You, you don't need a subwoofer that can play 150 DB in your room when, you know, you're trying to hit 115. Right. So these things can be overkill very easily. Yeah. And it's like, I said it on Twitter recently when, um, uh, SVS put out a tweet about something about subwoofers and like when shopping, what do you look for or something like that? Right. And I said, look, I'm like, I, I could, my room easily could have been run with the one thousands, an SB or a PB in my room. And it would have been fine. It would have been, it's a smaller room. I was going to be running two, And they're like, yep, no problem. But it was that, 2 dB difference in def, def you know the the 1000s only got to 19 hertz and the 2000s got to 17 hertz and it was and I'm like oh for what a few hundred bucks more and I was like I that's wasn't marketing uh, is it is marketing but it's but that's also it, like I didn't go to the 3000 I went like I'm like look there was no way I was going to be and I also wanted to be able to um, be future proof. Like if I want to use these, if I get a bigger room someday and be able to utilize these in a, in a bigger room. So I'd have that, but I, but the main reason was that, that oh man, I, because you, you would know, I would know the entire time. If I went with the 1000, I was like, this is great. It's, hmm. it's the FOMO. It's, it is, but that's, yeah. but wow. that, but that's what this <laughs> hobby is all about. As soon as you install something, you're like, when are they going to improve on this? I want to know. Well, it's not, it's not like I take my own advice. I have two SVS sealed box 16s in the other room. So <laughs> there you and go. they're turned down like 25 DB down. So it's, not, Oh yeah. No, I needed those, but yeah, exactly. And it, it's like in my new theater, um, I was, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day in my new theater, I was looking at, I'm putting in four cylinders in all cor- one in all, each corner and they're going to be, but the reason I want to do it is because they're going to be in the corner behind false walls so that you stand these up. You'll never know. And it keeps that wall, you know, depth easy, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm like 2000 cylinders, four of them. Should yeah, now you're building the room, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now why not go in wall with the four corners? In wall. I don't, one, I don't think in walls, uh, get as deep. Uh, they, they're, you, you, you can't, they just don't get down to 20 Hertz. And to do that, they cost a lot of money. True. Um, yeah, I agree with that. So yeah, you I look at like the JL audio or something. I, like I that don't exactly. And I don't, my idea is like my front wall and my back wall are going to be just all cloth and almost to the point, like the screen will look like, I, I even, I even have the idea of putting lights back there, like hue mm-hmm. lighting so that you put it on and you'll be able to see like everything back there, have it all done up. Well, nice. So, so, so you would have loved the sound United demo because one of the things they did when the Morantz and Denon guys came out and they were talking about all the Bowers and Wilkins speakers. So they had a, you know, 9.5.4 system and the room was fairly blacked out and cloth, but they 
pressed a demo button and every single speaker was outlined in light. Right. Behind the screen, behind the cloth, behind the walls. And yeah. you, they could easily then talk about all of that aspect of it. It was very cool. It was a neat way to show it off. Oh, yeah. And like right now when I leave my theater and I hit the off button, the the lights, I have track lighting, hue track lighting over all my little knickknack things and my collectibles in the back, right? So they all go on, that goes on, that track lighting goes on at the lowest possible setting. So like you walk mm -hmm. in the room and you just see in the, it's all black, but you just see in the back and it's set to like a pinkish purple color. Um, that's my idea for when I hit off in my theater, track lighting like that will go on around behind all of the speaker cloth so when you walk in the room on a you know without turning the lights on all you're going to see is the speakers everything and then when you turn it on those go out and the lights come in but everything disappears you know what i mean almost like a 3d effect so that that's how i want to manage it so i don't need in walls saves and, and just doing it that way saves me money on in walls i don't have to pay for that and i could set speakers up the way i want and then, you know, and then just have my screen floating. Not, it won't be floating, but it'll be on that, you know, wall. In a field of black, yeah. Exactly. So. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so the four, the, the, I was like, all right, yeah, um, PC 2000s. And they're like, my buddy's like, why don't you get the PC 4000s? Why? I'm like, what am I going to set them to? Like 0.5? You're just turn them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's like, I will never use that. I don't care how big of a room I get. So, but it, it, I mean, it's fun. <laughs> it's like, if I could, I would, you know, that's, but that's what it always is, right? It's fun toys to play with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you had another scene here that I wanted to look up, but I wanted, there wasn't a timestamp. So, and I didn't have time to actually scroll through to find it, but I know the line, uh, you said dialogue intelligibility. And from yeah, so, Lord of the Rings. Right, exactly. So if you watch uh first movie when Gandalf first gets introduced, mm -hmm. there there's a kind of a throwaway line that's you know, you didn't think I'd miss your Uncle Bilbo's birthday. Right. And he says it kind of away from camera and you know, to the other character on screen, and but it's very, very low. It's almost um below the music. And if you don't have, I brought this up because, you know, if you don't have a system that's capable of reproducing subtle detail, that you don't have a nice, quiet, low noise floor, it's really easy to miss that. Yeah. And it's, you're, you're missing out on nuances and character development that without a well-put-together system, without a well-calibrated system, without a center channel that's able to reproduce quiet scenes as well as it produces loud scenes, you're missing out on part of the story. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I'd add room, room treatments in there as well. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, it, but yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I know the line, so I know how it would sound in my, but I, I just wanted to, as soon as I read that in your email, I was like, oh, I want to get home and do this. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so but, yeah, if you, if you have it on the quiet escape, just, you know, when you yeah, first yeah. see the Oh yeah. I've, I, yeah, I've seen it. It's, uh, it's not, yeah, it wouldn't be a scene. Um, but I know exactly what you're saying, and it's. I think that's a lot of people when they upgrade their center channels, uh, they notice stuff like this. When they upgrade their subwoofers, they notice stuff like this. When they upgrade right, to watch room that treatments, scene, 
if you watch that same scene playing TV speakers, it, it's garbled mush. Yeah. Right. So that's just, that's kind of, you know, when you talk about home theater there. and getting the full experience from the movie. Exactly. There's an article John and I are going to talk about on Friday's podcast uh, that I saw through Twitter. I don't know if you saw this article, but it was, uh, uh, it'll be in Friday's podcast. But basically they were saying how movies, the discs aren't mixed very well. And the entire article is referencing like how people have problems hearing dialogue. And because the 95% of the population is either watching through TV or a sound bar. And when you have all channels going through one location, it's going to have, you're going to have dialogue, you know, intelligibility issues. And, and the entire article, they didn't reference once that if you had a home theater, they didn't reference like these were made for home theaters. So, so are you, are you mixing for the lowest common denominator, worst possible experience so that everyone can yeah. understand the movie and you're compressing everything into a very narrow yeah. dynamic range. Okay, great. That makes the rest of us who are in the hobby suffer. Right. And, and what was interesting is they mentioned compression and they mentioned all that, but the problem is when you compress all that does is it brings the quieter sounds that are below the dialogue up to the dialogue. It brings the loud sounds down to the dialogue. And now everything is in the middle at dialogue. That mm-hmm. makes it harder to hear the dialogue. Because <laughs> now the cricket in the back of the room is as loud as the person. So it's in all of these things, they're saying like when you run it through your system, your system, I I'm not a hundred percent sure of this, but I got to imagine, obviously streaming this compression going on, but then Absolutely. when you get into your own system, trying to fit everything through here, your own system has to be compressing this and putting it all out too. Um, the one scene that I noticed the different, that I noticed something on and this, I have a Sonos sound bar in my bedroom. Okay. And it's one, it's probably the first one, the first sound bar. It was, you know, it's long flat thin sits on the wall um like a soundbar would yeah yeah but it's i'm just trying to get they have so many now they have the arc they have the beam they have the the beam two they've got but this is the original okay where it's been working great for me it started in my living room and now it's up in my bedroom so anyways watching the opening scene from avengers okay and i used to watch that like every night I'd put that on, watch that, and I'd watch the opening scene and drift off to sleep. Loved it. So when they when um Nick Fury shows up at Avengers headquarters there and right before the building explodes into the ground, you know the scene. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he's talking to Colson and um what's her Maria, I guess what's her name? Um anyways, there's a there's an alarm going off in the background. You can hear it. You can hear it. Because they're under an emergency situation, right? In my bedroom, listening to it through a sound bar, it's <laughs> really, Wait really loud. I mean, I can still hear the dialogue, but it's <laughs> you go down and listen to it in my theater, and it's in like the back channels. Yeah, it's just ambient. Where it should be, where it's, it was mixed. Yes, just ambient. So in that's just that one jumps out to me because I've watched that movie so many times, especially in, in multiple locations. 
But it's like, if you have that going on everywhere in all of your channels with all of your stuff, you get to a loud scene. Yeah, of course, you're not going to be able to hear and you're going to understand dialogue. And what I, what I thought was interesting is nobody's come up with the idea of doing a, like a mono track, adding that to it. Like how hard would it be for them to do a track? Like, cause they give you on a, a lot of this stuff, you can choose, um, you know, 5.1, you know, at mo you know, 7.1 Atmos uncompressed, whatever you can choose 5.1. You can choose stereo. You could, they'll give you these different choices. It, it's gotta be pretty simple to, to run a, run an algorithm that's going to eliminate all that and give you dialogue only with a little bit of background mix for people to have that choice. Like here, here's your soundbar mix or your TV mix, call it a TV mix. Crappy TV speakers button. Yeah, exactly. But you, you know what I mean? It, it, and if people are willing to, what they're saying is, is a lot of people are having to go to, um, closed captioning so that they can understand these things. Right. If you're willing to click system. over that, why wouldn't you be willing to click over to it? Because that's what I feel like the pushback. Why should I have to do that? Well, you're already clicking to a dialogue, you know, to to read it. How would you like it if I can show you how to click over to this? And I'm like, oh, okay. And it's like, if you don't understand it, just down mix it because there's a mix there for you. What I'm afraid of reading these articles, if this was like a, and I hate to use this word here, but if this was a democracy, we're screwed because there's only sure. like a few of us. If they all said like, let's just go to this mix, we don't get the good mix that we want. But aren't we already starting to see some of that with subwoofer tracks that aren't going as low as they used to on the Blu-rays, right? So, uh, like War Disney, you mean? Uh, War of the Worlds, right? Tom Cruise movie. The the Blu-ray actually goes lower than yeah. the 4K audio version of it. So that they're are they taking some of that out to, to save bandwidth because they don't think people have systems that can go right. down, you know, sub twenty hertz. So, see, I don't, I don't believe that though. I believe that happened. I know it happened. I'm saying I don't believe we're going in that direction because I feel like when stuff like that happens, it's a mistake. It's an oversight. It's a, it, it's a, you know what I mean? Like I don't think that's an. I hate to say it's not an artist intent when. They put it out. They did that, right? But it's, I feel like those are more one-offs to me because we all know what they are. We all know Ragnarok comes out a little bit flat. It comes out flat, right? We know um, that's another one, War of the Worlds. The original DTS goes in it. I mean, it's not even indistinguishable. <laughs> it's like, it's noticeable and it's, and it, for all intents and purposes, yeah, it's wrong, Right. I kept my Blu-ray on the shelf. Yeah, exactly. So, just for that. so, but my point is, those are the outliers. I mean, even True. Disney, people talk about Disney putting stuff out that's, it just doesn't seem to be as um, dynamic as a Sony disc. But then we get like a Love and Thunder, which is an amazing disc, right? And that's from Disney. There are some dynamic, our, our, some of their discs a little bit flatter than other, not as dynamic. I wouldn't say they're flat, but they're just not as dynamic as what we get elsewhere. Yeah. But I wouldn't say the industry is leaning towards the masses and, and the two channel people because you, we get some fantastic, I mean, obviously Agreed. Maverick is amazing. Love and Thunder. This has been an amazing year 
for discs in thinking about all. So to say that they're leaning that way, I think just because of a few instances, we're always going to have duds here and there. And I just don't want, I don't want them to be like, well, really, are we supporting, are we as home theater enthusiasts supporting this enough? Are we growing this hobby enough so that it can keep going? I mean, there's not much we can do. We're only buying what we need, but I'm spending all I can. I think honestly, what do you think of this idea? And you, I mean, you're on your coast, I'm on this coast and we we're you're paying attention to this stuff. Um, do you think COVID helped home theater? Like gave it a little bit of a boost? Definitely. Yeah. Especially from the, how much gear got sold. If you talk to the manufacturers, they were, you know, people were staying at home and I'll tell you when COVID first started for us, we watched a ton of movies. Uh, I go back and I think we were watching, you know, two or three movies a day because there was not a lot else mm. to do. And we we're so glad that we had the home theater, you know, because obviously right. the, the big screens were set down in the commercial cinemas, but we were, we were going back and watching old stuff. And we watched some uh, Alfred Hitchcock rear window and some of the classics that had just been sitting on a list forever saying, Hey, we'll watch that someday. But then, you know, my wife watched gladiator with me and I really enjoyed that movie. So it was just, it was cool to be able to share that time with each other. Um, so from the hobbyist standpoint, yeah, more time to stay home and watch movies from the manufacturers, retailers, integrator side. Yeah, they were selling a lot more product. And I think now that people are going out, uh, you know, with COVID winding down and traveling more, trying to do stuff that's out of the house, um, and then also what's happening in the economy in general, it'll be swinging back the other way. Yeah, it could. But what I like is I think it did get people talking, too. You, Mm -hmm. I, I know I got a lot more questions. What can I do? I'm stuck at home. How can I improve my system? whether it be a living room system, whether it's a, and I'm talking personally people, not through this podcast. These are just friends, family, friends of friends, family, you know, friends of family. Um, Oh, talk to DJ. He's into home theater. And it's like, it's amazing how fa- how few people are into home theater. So like, it'll be a friend of a friend of a friend to be like, Hey, you know, I know I'm your sister's friend's cousin. Uh, <laughs> what does that make us? You're right. Yeah. Um, I heard you're into home theater. <laughs> like, yeah, I've got a coworker that was asking me about converting, yeah. you know, one car garage into a theater space because he had come over and seen mine. He's like, yeah, I've been thinking a lot of it a lot, a lot since I saw your demo. And I'm like, yeah, well, let me know when you're ready. What's your budget? So, yeah. And it, it doesn't take much to get started. It doesn't take sure. much. It's like, and I, I love the, I love the soundbar opportunity for people, but I always like, like I always tell people like if you go soundbar there's there's no upgrading your soundbar there's putting that aside and going to a new kind of a system i would prefer people to do like get a receiver and three channels because a lot of people don't want to put the channels in the rear because they don't want to run wires they don't want to do this but i think a three channel system can actually enhance better than even a soundbar because you can place them properly I'm not even sure how if how they run three channel. I don't know where the rear channels end up, but it's mixed into the left and right. I, I well, or I really like you know that uh, SBS a little five point one system, right? Because if you you start with something like that, it's a strong performer, great for small rooms. But you could then repurpose those speakers in a bedroom or as oh, atmos yeah. speakers or a lot of different ways. So yeah, I think that 
buying gear that has a longer lifespan than just single purpose soundbar is a good way to go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was just thinking like, cause I know a lot of people rear channels is a non-starter, right? It's like, as soon as you mention, I got to put something back. Oh, I don't need, I don't want to be running. I don't want to see wires all over the place. I don't want to see this and that. And when it's a non they don't know what they don't know. First yeah, off, but you can go to, you can go to Costco and buy a little, you know, Vizio soundbar. That's got a subwoofer that you put in the back of the room and two little speakers plug into that. And you're getting 5.1 more than, you know, you would get just out of a straight soundbar only. Right. But what I was trying to think of is like, so say you took three channels and just, just spitballing with you right now, I was thinking, would this clear, clear up dialogue better than a soundbar? If you ran three channels, because now your dialogue, now the, uh, a decent entry level receiver, right. Is going to run your center channel is your center channel. It's going to mm-hmm. take your, your sides. And maybe if you have no rear channels connected, no surrounds, it would put that through the front channels, the left and the right, keeping your dialogue centered and clear from the middle. So, you know what I mean? So at that point, would, do you think that might help clear up a dial dialogue issues better than a soundbar where even a soundbar, I understand a soundbar is trying to pull off the same thing, but those speakers and everything that's in there, I don't, I just don't think they're going to be the same quality as something like if you got Say you bought an SVS 5.1 system and didn't connect the rears right away. I that's gotta be with a receiver. That's well, gotta yeah, be so better she, than a good soundbar. To compare this, the drivers that you know, twenty-five cent drivers in most soundbars to yeah. a decent four-inch and a decent one-inch tweeter. Yeah, you can do a lot better. Yeah, with better quality equipment. Yeah, and that that's let, let me. Go ahead. I was going to say, let me change gears, and I want to ask okay. you a question. Are sure. you still listening at reference level? Yeah, always. God, that's loud. <laughs> but but so so I you know I, I've heard the podcast and we talked about this before. But so I, I I found a great example for why I would agree with you. And so there's a scene <laughs> in a quiet place. It sounds which, like you're trying to like you're like it took you a lot of work to agree with uh, me. I'm, 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 <laughs> I love it. Trying to justify playing it so loud the neighbors can hear it almost. But oh yeah, uh, they can. So th- there's a scene called Red Light Emergency. So if you've seen the movie, you know this mm-hmm. is you know kind of a big yeah, yeah. part of it. But uh, the main character uses an egg timer to distract the alien, right? And yeah, she yeah. sets the egg timer and sets it over in a different part of the basement and mm-hmm. walks away from it. And she's hiding somewhere else. If I listen to that at zero dB. I can hear that egg timer really clearly where it's supposed to be placed over on the left wall mm-hmm. coming from that side. And I hear it the entire time. If I turn that down, say to six DB minus six or minus nine, where I'm usually listening, yeah. I don't really hear that egg timer until it moves to center screen. Right. And it's, you know, uh, a focus. So I do feel like that's a good example of somewhere that if you were playing something at a, lower level than it was intended to be you're missing out again on part of the story so that kind of goes back to that other yeah. example with the handoff line exactly and in and i'll i'll like expand on that um i i know exactly the scene you're talking about um but that's what i love about that example is that that's an 
that's a one instance where we have that egg timer there and we can do that. We can move that, hear that, and you hear the difference in, in um, volume as it moves to the center. And imagine now imagine that with a bunch of things going on, okay, in all of your channels and the things you're missing, potentially missing out on by turning it down, okay? There, there, imagine in a louder scene when you have loud stuff going on now stuff is brought up but if you bring it down because i can you can only withstand that certain volume with those louder things well you're never going to hear that egg timer now if there's a bunch of loud stuff going on as well because it's going to be drowned out never mind dropped below what you can already hear okay mm. now the other thing is when you go to say you use an odyssey eq right which is odyssey's form of compression now you're bringing that egg timer up so that you can hear it over there now and say the lower you go with odyssey eq on the more compression you're adding the more issues in dialogue you're going to have because now those sounds are coming up and it, Odyssey's bringing up those sounds. Aud What's nice about Odyssey EQ is, to me, is I have it engaged, but it's to me it's meant for. And, and the irony is, Odyssey EQ has the um, has it set that you can it can engage at minus five. It can engage at anything below zero, anything below five, or anything you can set the level right. But it, right. I don't think it has a floor, meaning like stop engaging at like 10 or whatever because i think once you get in my opinion once you get to like minus 10 minus 15 you're getting into that area of compression where you're you're obviously you're not bringing up well i think you are actually you're bringing up some you're bringing up the lower sounds but i don't i, I don't think you're you're and you're naturally sorry you are doing it you're turning the volume down so you're bringing the sounds down on your own and you're bringing up the lower volumes in the middle and here we are, you're getting into that compression where your dialogue is going to be, you, you could have dialogue issues, right? Mm -hmm. Now, what's funny is people get, they upgrade their system and they start to know that you get better speakers, you get more room treatments, you get, you get better subwoofers. Now you can, hey, look at this. I can get closer to reference level. But they had Odyssey EQ engaged the whole time. The closer you're getting to reference level, you're getting rid of that compression. So your your new speakers, everything is so the the whole room is opening up to you, and it's it, and it's all of those things working in conjunction that are that it's just making your experience that much better. But I don't think we understand at the outset that like how much like. A good subwoofer it's like it's not putting out unwanted sounds you know loud doesn't mean good right and good uh room treatments again loud to, no room treatments it's gonna be loud and if you don't it, you know, reference level with no room treatments i can't handle that either it's no. loud way way too bright way too reflective yeah so if you came in my room and i told you mine's on reference level it's loud but I've been in some rooms where it's where they go, see, I'm at minus 10 and I'm like, yeah, damn, turn this down. Right. But that's a lot of sound coming back at you that just hasn't gone anywhere. <laughs> it's like all going in but your the, ears. 
what percentage of your theater is treated, right? Because it's your whole back wall, if I remember right. A whole back a wall, of your front. whole front wall, with the exception of the screen, of course, because, sure. but how much is that screen even has a give to it? Right. It's not a hard surface. It's a tension. It's like it's when you if you hit on it, it doesn't sound like you hit a drum. It doesn't sound like doom. It's like a poof. So I bet you even that has a little bit more sound deadening than, say, drywall does. You see, I have my treatments on the sides, which are like an inch and a half thick of it's that. um, uh, I wish I could find it again. Uh, I bought boxes of it 20 years ago. It's denim, recycled denim. And you, mm-hmm. you, you buy them in two by four sheets, uh, two foot by four foot sheets. I cut them into two by two squares for the design. I have that on the ceiling and on, on the front. Um, but yeah, it's basically just the front, the, the rear wall is like six or is it eight? I don't know, six inches of insulation. And the front is just a few inches of insulation. Right. But I'm saying that's absorbing down to a fairly low frequency. And yeah. so you're probably not getting when you are at reference level, not a ton of that sound is bouncing around for very long within the room. Right. And and that's why I think the front and the rear are kind of the most important because your sound is traveling for the most part, front to rear, the big channel, you know, the, the, the main waves. Yeah. You get some off to the side and you want to get your first reflections, but like if you were to aim a gun at somebody, where's that bullet going straight forward. Right. And it's like, you know, it's, and that's how I look at a speaker. Like it's aimed at the back of the room. The sound is aimed at that. And that's where you're going to get most of your deadening. Um, and if you can kill that, then you can kill most of the stuff that might hit your sides. I mean, it's good to have it on the sides too, but I think if you can, if you can get rid of that back and forth from front to rear, that's that to me is the most important. Uh, yeah. So there's lots of different schools of thought on acoustic treatments and what you need to do as far as, Absorption, diffusion, reflection. Probably more than we want to get into. Yeah. But uh, so I have another demo scene for you. Okay. So I, I know you're you're a fan of the Terminator series. Yeah. Uh, um. Who's in that? Uh. John Brock. Uh, he's a, he's a, he's a governor, <laughs> I think. The one time. Yeah. Um. I know. So, he was governor for God's sakes. <laughs> yeah, I think I voted for him. Yeah, and, um, and with his history that we find out now, you find out. It's, well, and I love the guy. Yeah. I mean, I love the movies. And it, we always have to separate the movies from the real life people. It's like they're characters. Well, they're yeah. playing characters, people. I love the characters. <laughs> you're, you're marrying a Kennedy, but you're still shipping the maid. But anyway, I was down so, in the Cape when uh, they got married. Interesting. Well, that was during uh, filming Predator, too. Because uh, he hmm. flew back. Jesse of Body Ventura and all that, you know, yeah, for yeah. the wedding flew in from Mexico for that. Anyway, so Go ahead. Uh, one of the Terminator Dark Fate, one of the newer mm-hmm. movies. So mm-hmm. I, I've, I've continued to enjoy uh, all of the Schwarzenegger yeah. movies. I think I have 90% of them, including some of the really obscure older stuff. But there's a scene in that uh, where uh, Grace, who is one of the time travelers who had come back, First meets the Rev Nye, the new Terminator that's there, and there's kind of this starts in the car plant, and then there's a freeway chase where you first see him separate into kind of the the exoskeleton and the the liquid black yeah. metal. Uh, but it's just an amazing sounding scene uh, from vehicles, from things being thrown around, from 
finally you get the reintroduction of Sarah Connor in there, and she comes out with the shotgun and the you know RPG and all that. So oh. it's just it's a very uh, I love demoing that one. It's a great one, and it's you know it's a tight four or five minutes and tells the whole little story right in there. Did you get to see that one and when at uh, Sound United? No, no, not, I didn't pick that one uh, when I was down there, but I like showing it to friends. Yeah, that's I'll have to check that out. I have that one. I I actually really like that movie. I thought it was um, it was more I, if I remember right, that was more about her, right? That was like her reintroduction to the yeah to the, to the universe, and Linda right. Hamilton is back, and I I I loved that movie. I thought she was great. I did too. Yeah, uh, yeah. I thought I, I would rank that, you know, in the top three of the Terminator. Yeah, yeah. It was. I like them all. I mean, you, some of them as those middle one, you know, one, two. And then you get those middle ones in there and you have to have, I mean, I liked salvation. I had a good time with that. Um, it, it, but yeah, I love the, but I'm also of that mindset when at that age, when those first came out right. and how those blew your mind. And I think Terminator oh, was the, for sci-fi. Oh, I'm a sucker for the time travel thing because that was the first movie that blew my mind of, but if he doesn't come back, how is he here? Right. <laughs> Right. Do you do you remember a movie called I think it's called The Final Countdown? It's about this aircraft carrier that goes back to Pearl Yeah, Harbor. I did it. I, I talked about it in the podcast. That's it's right. It's okay, amazing. That. Yeah. Yeah. But talking about movies that blow your mind, like going, Wow, that's crazy. What you know, how could history have changed and all those kind of things? Yeah. And and I I wanna say I when I might have said it, if I didn't say it in the podcast, I think it is Terminator before Terminator came out. Because that came out in 1980, I believe, something like that. Yeah, I remember seeing that, you know, Sunday night on Channel 13. <laughs> yeah, I'd never seen it. Somebody recommended it. It might have been you. I don't know. Could uh, Somebody recommended it to me. And I was just like, oh, wow. This uh, Who's one of uh, one of my listeners was actually on the base when they filmed it. Mm. Yeah. And which was pretty amazing. I can't remember who it was. Sorry. I don't think it was John Brock. Um, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's that, that I'd never seen that movie. It was recommended to me and I, I grabbed it and it's, it is really, really good. Uh, the special effects are pretty funny nowadays when the ship's going through. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <"Whoa!"> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it looks like it's going into a kaleidoscope. <laughs> like, well, yeah, it's like, uh, the transporters on Star Trek, right? It's just yeah, yeah. in a jar yeah. getting stirred up. So. Yeah. Pretty funny. Um, I got a question for you here reading sure. through your, um, your, your cinema. You have 11 seats. I do. That's awesome. Yeah, so, and it's funny, we had 11. But two the, rows, our, so you got a wide yeah. room. Uh, yeah, room is 19 wide, 22, 23, whatever deep, and about 19 tall. And so one of the seats is too close oh. to a wall by far. Uh, okay. But so we, in our previous home, we had 11, and the back row was six, and the front row was five. And again, I some seats that I know are too close to the walls, but. Yeah. Used to have, so I, you know, bigger family and if kids bring friends over and sleepover parties and that kind of stuff. So we wanted a lot of seating. But uh, when we moved to the new house, I asked my wife, you know, how many seats should we try and fit in? She said, well, we had 11 in the last. We should put 11 in this one. So um, ended up buying 12 chairs and then fitting 11 in here. So one's in the master bedroom kind of as a recliner instead. Oh. But, so, yeah, the front row is 
six individuals. The back row is five seats, but uh, there's two love seats as part of that. Okay. So it's funny. I read that and I'm in my, if I can do it, a lot of it's going to be dictated on shape of my foundation where, you know, the space I have once you, if I have to have lally columns or whatever, but one of the things I'm realizing, and this goes into, I see you have a uh, 235 to one screen as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd love to get your thoughts on, on this. So sitting in the theater this, this week, um, one of the things that kind of dawned on me, and I know I'm not invent reinventing the wheel here, but I'm like the wider the screen you go. And now I'm not talking aspect ratio. I'm just saying the wider the screen you go, the better experience I think you can have for more people. And what I mean by that is, so like if I can set up and I, I my, I, my idea has always been odd amount of seats because I always want that middle seat for myself. Right. Agree 100%. And then if I can do three, that's a small, if I can get to five, that's fine. That's what I want to do because in it, the wider you go, the less off center you are every with every seat. Okay. Right. So, so the goal is to have everyone in a good seat, right? So if you are so far off to the side that you're not, you don't have any of the screen in front of you, you you're obviously aren't in a good seat. Right. So yeah, my, my next if I were to redo, you know, next future plans, I'll probably do a row of five and a row of seven with, you know, three foot walkways on either side, but we'll, we'll go up in screen size to try and accommodate that. Okay. So what I'm thinking of now, follow me along. Now you have a 235. What I'm thinking here is I always like to sit in the second row in my, I designed my theater that the second row is prime so that I feel like I'm in a theater having that row in front of me watching a big screen makes me feel if I'm sitting on the floor in my theater, just looking at the screen, I feel like I'm at a theater and I'm in the front row, which is that undesirable seat. Okay. That's just my line of thinking. But now with all this Top Gun Maverick talk and all of this stuff, my idea would be if I can go as wide as I can go. All right. That's, that's, always your I, my intention as wide as I can go and still have speakers on the outside. Cause I don't want to do anamorph. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, acoustically Perfect. transparent. Right. So, and then I would hope that I could still have that right height. Okay. Now, if I have a wider room, but I don't have the height, I may have to go to a, like a two thirty five. Okay. Two thirty five material. I watch in two thirty five content i'll watch in the second row enjoy the wide screen and everything but then if i need to watch top gun maverick in variable aspect ratio and sit in the middle or any two foot go up to the front row and now i've just because i'm gonna have to shrink that screen down right so then i would still be getting that big experience but sitting in the front row what do you think of that so so, so first of all I really appreciate something you guys talked about recently on a episode when talking about Maverick and using the digital masking. Yeah. Uh, and that's something I just turned on on my system and had shared with uh, the guys over at uh, AB rant and just, I've been using that more uh, since that movie came out to address that, that variable aspect ratio. I like a very immersive. I prefer to sit in the front row 
I have an entirely black front wall, mm. except for the screen. And I don't want to see, I, I like to be drawn into the movie so much so that I'm not even looking at chairs. Or I don't want to see my feet in front of me when I'm reclining. Yeah. So, um, you know, I want to be transported into wherever that movie is taking place. So I, I like the very wide peripheral view. Uh, I would actually have gone bigger. My room's wide enough where I could have gone much wider with the screen. Uh, but then you get into needing a more expensive projector to light it up. Right. Right. So, you know, how many lumens can you get on there to enjoy the benefits of HDR? So it's kind of a you know, 130 inch diagonal. It's, you know, it's a 120 inch wide, but you have a 10 foot wide screen. Um, and I'm, I'm able to light it up pretty well with the projector I'm using now. But if you go to a bigger screen, it means more expense in the projector to go along with. Okay. Um, just thinking through what you were saying, I'm like, maybe I should try that. I should try a front row type situation. The other thing is when I designed my theater, I designed it for everything being from the second row. And that's how I was thinking of doing the second one. Right. But the problem with that is now when you do sit in the front row of my theater, you're, you're doing the look up. It looks thing. huge. Oh, you have to yeah. look up. So, so I, I'm, I've got an opinion about that too, in that, do you usually watch from a reclined or a seated? no no i even when i go to the movies uh like we were just like i said just went and saw um uh, wakanda forever i don't even recline those chairs and they're fully really? no because i want to be sitting up You're weird at, at nope <laughs> okay <laughs> i am weird but here's my reason okay the room went all right when you calibrate your room do you calibrate the seating position in the reclined position? Yes. Okay. So you're being consistent and that's what I'm right. doing. I calibrate from the seated position because that's where I, that's where I put my speakers in. I put my speakers in from my seated position. So when I'm so, sitting, so I, I did too, but so my, you did them from the reclined position. Is that correct. what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So, so when I, when I put my seat back where I like to sit and it's got an adjustable headrest and yeah, I don't have that and motorized. So when I put my seat back, I'm at almost 90 degrees to my side speakers. Right. So in the you, front row. Right. But th I, I love that. We're, you're, I, neither of us is weird. We're dead on. We're, we're consistent we're with weird. our thinking. We, you planned ahead and said, I like to watch in a reclined position, having that headrest. Now, when I built my theater, those headrests didn't exist. Okay, so yeah. if I recline, I've got to sit with my head back, and you know, and go like this or whatever. So it's not comfortable and or it's so comfortable, you just nod off. And that, so <laughs> that I don't I don't do that. So I'll sit in my theater and I sit upright because everything is calibrated for all intents and purposes, whether it's placement of speakers. I consider that part of the calibration. It, the whole thing's calibrated for that's where my head's going to be. You've done the exact same thing, and that's fair. I mean, it's that's. I think a lot of but people. So the thing I was going to say about that is that my screen actually sits a little higher, so that when I am reclined, I'm looking. My eye line is Correct. straight on the center of the screen. Right. Uh, so when it makes it great for the back row because they're more in center. Also, what I was thinking though is so what I did is. Part of the reason was when I first built it, I was doing a 65 inch rear channel, uh, rear channel, rear projection TV, sure. which had to sit on the, on a floor or a platform. So I built right. the same level platform behind that room. So it would be at 
at eye level because my ideal viewing is my eyesight should be at the middle of the screen. Agree. Okay. I go into a, a commercial movie theater. I want to sit at the row that puts me, my eyes at the middle of the screen. Yep. Now I can do that from the front row and talking to you and that immersion thing. Maybe that is something that I want to explore because I, I love that idea. I think we're both doing the same thing. You're, you're getting immersed into the world that's on the screen. I was getting immersed into the home theater world, right? The, the, the theater world, the, the experience room. of being at the theater. I like your thinking. I like that option. I like that idea, I should say. But to do that, I would have now I would have to lower the screen, which means my back row needs to come up so that they have a line of sight that is, you know, not in, hindered by my head. Right. right. So I'd probably have to put a riser in to come up a little bit higher. Um, but I which means a taller room, which means that that's a bigger screen. So but I like that idea. I really do. Well, so are, are you working with anybody on designing your next theater? Yeah, me and my head. Well, so there's people who can draw things for you that would help with sight lines and layout and all that. Okay. I can do that. I want to do It's like, I know that. And it, it's, I, I, I've had people say like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll do this for you. We'll do, I'm like, no, I want to do it myself. And it's like, yeah, that's the fun part. It, yeah. To me, it's like at the end of it. And, and I don't want to sound cocky. So I'll put it this way. I live with what I have. I love what I have and it's mine. So I live with the flaws and I, and I can, when you do to me, it's like when I do it myself, I have nobody to blame, but myself, you're, you're a hundred percent responsible for the experience you get. Right. So I don't want to sit there and go, why did he talk me into this? And, and nobody can do that to me. I love what I have and here's the reasons why. Right. And that's so like I, we did when we built this house, I had to save money. I did the tile floors. I'd never done tile before. You come in my house and like, oh, nice. You have tile floors. Guy came in when we built the house. The guy comes in to do the finish and he's putting in the, um, the floor vents for the, <laughs> for the air ducts. And the guy looked, now he's a professional. He looks at the floors and goes, who the hell did these tile floors? <laughs> right, and, right. And my wife goes, my husband, he goes, oh, they look great. <laughs> yeah. But a professional will know the difference. Okay. Well, so. So same thing in our house. We have a laundry room and I think three different bathrooms that you can see my progression of doing better and better tile. Yeah. <laughs> and the laundry room looks terrible and was done wrong. Right. And by the time you get to the master bath, it, oh, this is getting much better. Yeah, exactly. I did the same thing here when we put the hardwood in. I started with the upstairs hallway. I'm like, who cares about a hallway? Let me try it on, try it there. And then I progressed on, did the whole downstairs in hardwood. And then I'm like, all right, now I'll do the master bedroom. So I did the whole bat, the master bedroom in hardwood. And I'm like, all right, I got this down. So I'll do that in my new house. But I'm like, but to me, it's like, yes, are there going to be flaws that a professional would be able to avoid and, and maybe do, but these are now we're getting into diminishing returns, you know, like I'm going to pay somebody so that I don't see what I don't see it now. I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like if you came into my, I built this theater 20 years ago. I don't think you would be disappointed. I really don't. Cause I've been in a lot of theaters. I've been in a lot of demos. I've worked really hard to try and duplicate what I hear in a good demo room. So I think when you come into a thing, you're like, uh, okay. So it, 
Could I get slightly better? I think the the difference is if you pay somebody and they design the whole thing and they come in and they calibrate the whole thing and they do all of this, then you know, ha, it's dead on. Okay, well, now I'm done. What fun is that? <laughs> and I agree with you completely that there's there's so much about the, the upgrade part of the home theater hobby as well as the looking forward that, that that's so much thinking about it is as much fun as actually getting there and doing oh, yeah. it. You know, that, and I think that's for the hobbyist side of it. There are a lot of people who just want the experience, want to enjoy the movie, and don't care so much about the gear. But right. I think for people who are into, you know, what should my next piece be? What, I, you, know, you have fun researching. I think Tom talks about he used to keep a spreadsheet of yeah. all the different gear yeah. he would buy. You know, if I win the lottery, I'm ready to go. Right? So, yeah, yeah. But that's, w- without costing you any money, that's an easy thing to do to, to learn about it, to enjoy it, to obsess oh. about it, to think about what your next upgrade is. And I'm at a point now where I'm like, okay, what should my next upgrade be? Because I don't know, you know, where where I can improve it without going back to that conversation about law of diminishing returns, right? Uh, without spending thousands and thousands of dollars, what what can I continue to improve on? Yeah, and it, I'm having so much fun just off the idea that I'm getting a new theater. Yes, right, and it's like designing it and working, just talking to you and be like, oh, maybe I will sit in the front row of the next theater. You know, two rows of five and be like, but that that's where it makes sense to go check out other demos. Oh yeah, like, whether absolutely. It's in stores or manufacturers or trade shows or whatever. Right. It, it's great to go try them out because you get a feel for what you'd like and what you don't like. Yeah. And I, I just, I, I have this mental image in my head of like, how, how do I sit that far into the front of my room and have all that dead space behind me? But that's what it's going to be. That's what the room's going to be. The, I'm going to have the same experience because the room's going to be calibrated for that seat. Right. Right. Wherever I put it. Um, and, so, and then, you know, I, I've, I've had conversations about lights on and lights off experience in a theater, right? So really? the lights on experience. Oh, yeah. I've, I've talked with other designers and things like that where you're walking into a room that's been done by someone who is more concerned about the wall treatments, uh, crown molding, uh, fabrics, you know, colors, interior decorating decisions. And that's, that's the, you know, whether it's a pirate themed or a star Wars themed or whatever it is, that's the lights on experience, right? Yeah. It's, and, and all of that disappears when the lights go off. And oh, you okay. I see now, what you're saying. Right. Yeah. So it's, 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 what does the room do for you separate from watching a movie in there? You know what I mean? Oh yeah, now yeah, I know what you mean. I thought you meant like watching a movie with the lights on. No, no, no. And I'm yeah, like, no, no, not not football game stuff. No, I'm talking. No, about no. It. I was like, what? Actually, I think Ara does like to have his light, have a dim light going. Sure. There are some people that it just doesn't it it doesn't feel right to them. Like whatever it is, optically, they need that ambi- a little bit of ambient light. And to me, it's like that ambient light thing came back in the day with if you had a 32 inch television that was too much light from too fine of a point that you needed to have an ambient light you you were supposed to paint your wall a certain shade of gray in the back the right you know kelvin temperature and lit light it to the perfect temperature so that it was that neutral and that would give you the best picture and less fatigue it was more about the fatigue than it was anything else. But once, and all the stuff I read back then was like, once you go to a projector, well, now you're getting all the, you're getting a huge light source anyways. You don't need that. People have since like kind of mixed that up. 
<laughs> yeah. No, but so so I guess the the best way to think about the lights on versus lights off experience. Everything you can see in a magazine. Uh, I I used to read you know home, home theater, theater magazine yep. and all the the different publications. That was all the lights on experience. You can't have the lights off experience no. of what is it actually like to watch a movie in that place. So you have to take pictures of how nice to, you know does the stage look, how nice are the chairs. Right. Oh yeah, and. It, it's it's funny because you see a lot of these rooms that are like i've thought of doing my room like in a star wars theme but it would just it wouldn't be like it wouldn't be this crazy like rock walls or like oh i'm in hoth now here in in my theater because to me that stuff gets old right i've i've had my theater for 20 years imagine if i did that 20 years ago i'd be like huh (laughs) <laughs> the people who did the pirates of the caribbean theater back then it's like yeah that's kind of dated now so. yeah exactly so I, I i'm actually thinking of going more towards a refined what i would like to do is go to a um quieter interior like no memorabilia maybe some movie posters in the back end of the room or something maybe but i would like to have a lobby and then Agreed. that lobby area would be all of the memorabilia, like the movie posters you have in front so, of you there. And so, behind so you. my, my goal is I want an arcade. Yes. That you get, you come in and whether that's, you know, I have the big dream arcade system that we can talk about in a little bit, oh. uh, but you know, whether it's the, uh, shuffleboard, ski ball, kind of a setup. Um, uh, and then I also like to have somewhere to show off the gear, right? I think it's neat to be Closet. able to see all of the yeah. equipment. Yep. And not even a closet. I don't, I don't, you know, if it's, I want to be able to go out and like show people, this is, these are the amplifiers, this is the processor, this yeah. is what we're, but I want to keep all of that outside of the room from a noise and everything yeah. else standpoint. And the only thing, and I, I want a projector booth because I don't yep. like hearing my projector. So the next time it's going to be behind glass outside. Let me ask you this. I, I, I want to do the same thing. It's like, I could do it with this room now. Like if I wasn't leaving, I could flip my room around and do it now that I, you know, uh, now that I have a projector, mm-hmm. but does glass hurt the image? There, there are companies that make projector glass that, that actually make a piece that's okay. built just for that. So you can Google that, find them, you know, it's usually tipped at a slight angle. So you don't get any reflection out of it, but it might cut off one or 2% of your light path, but minor numbers. I, I'm not worried about light like output i'm more worried about distortion right you don't want anything i wouldn't want to put a piece of glass up there and have something just go wonky on you and you don't notice it right away but someday you'll be like what the hell no perfectly transparent shouldn't have any impact on it and think about you know the jvc projectors that's a 19 glass element lens right so there's lots of pieces of glass that that right but that was made by jvc now i'm gonna throw a flat piece of glass that i've you know, grabbed at Home Depot. No, no, no. <laughs> you buy the right piece of glass. Right. Uh, okay. That's what, yeah. but I want to do the exact same thing. Um, I'm going obviously cool the area, make sure every, you know, so everything, it doesn't overheat or anything like that, but keep it all outside the room. The only thing in my room right now is my projector. Everything already mm-hmm. is outside the room. So, right. uh, and a lot of people don't realize the importance of keeping all of the lights, all the, the noise, the fans, the hard drives. I want all of that in a separate space so yeah. that my noise floor is as low as possible in the room. So you have that greater dynamic range. Right. Exactly. Um, I Now, the fans of my projectors, um, I 
annoyingly loud. No, that, not really. Not really. Yeah. I haven't. To me. Personally. Yeah, to me. Well, I, I would like them gone, but I, can, right. I can't say that very few movies have I said, like, it's never gotten in the way. Let's put it that way. Usually the noise floor of the movie is louder than the noise floor of the projector. Uh, agreed with most movies. Once you're into the story, yeah, it's, it's not an issue. It's more, I'm hearing it ramp up but when I switch to HDR because it's, you know. Oh, mine's in bright mode. all the time. Mine's in bright. Mine's all the time. Before. So it's always at the, you know, there's a certain, it, it doesn't, I think that would annoy me hearing it go back and forth, but mine's so, always in the same. And especially if you jump out of something, like if I leave yeah. the movie and come back to a menu that doesn't have audio necessarily, I feel like I notice it more then. So again, these are first world problems. Yeah. <laughs> major issues with enjoying right. the theater. Yeah. Um, I want to say maybe my fan does increase a little bit on that when you said that menu thing, but I know it's always in high lamp mode. So it's always in bright, as bright as it could be that said and then I, I ended up watching i ended up watching a lot of youtube home theater tours uh, oh yeah just people and every time i jump out of the actual video back to the menu i'm noticing just i can hear it so i think uh if we if i knew we were staying in this house longer term i may do it but i think i might save it for the next one yeah it's I, i'm definitely i'm definitely i you know putting it outside the room uh, the only, that that was my last question for that though, was I'm like, if I had to go with no glass, I was going to do it because even that would reduce the sound a little bit. If you just had a peephole for, you know, perfectly for the lens. Um, but yeah, the it, tricky part, you got to keep in mind is cooling though, right? So, oh yeah. Yeah. But if you have fans up there, you know, and it doesn't matter the sound because if you have fans pulling the air away, room. you're going to be fine and you're cooling yeah. the room. Which I, I, and then making sure you've got a projector that has the throw distance. Because you're, yeah. You know, right now my projector is 15, whatever, 16 feet back from the screen. If I were to move it to the room behind, it'd go to 23 feet. And then, especially yeah. trying to do both the 235 overscan as well as a 16 by 9 image, you, you've got a kind of a narrow window, sorry the pun, yeah. uh, that you need to try and fit that distance in for it to work. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I know that. I was actually thinking if my room went too long, I would, the back of the room was going to be a bar area. Like you could stand there. Mm -hmm. So, but the riser would be in the middle. And then of course your front row is back onto the floor. So, so where, where do you like to come into your theater? Well, I would prefer to come in the back yeah. right through the middle. That's where I would so, like to come through. Cause that's where like no speakers really need to go. Okay. And here's where I was just going to say, I'm like, if I had a, like a, a drop down, not a drop down ceiling, but the ceiling was actually lower to allow that shelf for the projector to be further into the room. And then the ceiling goes up right at where the riser comes up. So your head, you know what I mean? So almost like you'd have a consistent head clearance. Yes. And then, and it gets bigger as it goes to the front of the, obviously the front of the room for the screen. So that brings your projector further into the room, but allows you to have a deeper room. So you want to come in at the height of your back row and then step down? I No, I would actually come in at the height of my front row, step up to get onto the riser, step back down to go to the front row. Okay. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So in our previous room, 
we came in in the front kind of left side of the room and you kind of came in and every time the door would open, it would kind of throw too much light onto the screen. And that right. Was, you know, but That's the way mine is right now. Out. That's the way it be, and, and it was yeah. dictated by literally the like the riser out. was at the back. So I couldn't put a door there. The front of the room was going to be the screen and everything. Can't put a door there. That's the front stage. Can't put a door at the front stage. So, and the right side was foundation. <laughs> so no door there. there. Right. So the, the, the left is it's right where, and this is why I can't have front wides yet because it's right where a front right wide would go. Speaker would need to go. Right. So right. that's why I want to, now if I, again, I, and I've looked into and, and designed the room, if I was to tear this one down and flip it around, I would have the door in the rear of the room projector would be over that door shooting to the front and now that would enable me to have those front what your whole front i, I want to say from half i wouldn't don't want to put a door anywhere from halfway walls forward anywhere because i so, that to me is your stage and that yeah, needs so, to so be, in our previous house like i said you came in on the front left wall and then the whole second row was on a wall-to-wall riser right so yep, that the, that's the that's what row, i got yep uh, and we like that a lot. The current theater, you come in in the back left corner, and we ended up having to do the riser as kind of an island by itself. So those five yep. chairs. That's a nice option, too. If your room's wide enough, higher. that's good. I like that yeah. idea, too. If your room's wide enough to actually have a space to stay on the floor, but then still have some steps to get up to the chairs, a lot of times, like for me and my, the rooms I'm designing, they're so narrow that it would be like you'd either be standing next to the chair and then the you'd have the steps right next to that first chair. And you don't want to have a lower step, have somebody come out of the chair and step into a step. You see what I'm saying? So yes. that's a safety issue. You need to have that first step has to be after you've passed the edge of the stair, the cha the chairs. So if your room's wide enough, I love that idea too. Um, I just think I'm going to have to, you know, you're going to step to the riser and then go to the front of the room and step back down again. Yeah, but I, I so every theater we've had have always been in rooms that I didn't, you know, they were production homes that where their home already existed, so you had to fit into it the theater. And I'd love the idea of someday building a house where we can uh, start with the end goal in mind of a perfect. Yeah, house. so that's that's when I built this house, I was at the mercy of the builder on where they put stuff where like designing the house he gave me designs like he let me do a lot of the work so i was a quote vendor in the house so because my full intention at the time was to build my own house but the way the things went it didn't it was easier and better to do it this way and have a build actually have a builder so i was at the mercy of whatever he could whatever space i had it was an open basement but wherever I could put it. So that's why, you know, there's a stairway coming into my basement and that's kind of how I dictate. I picked it the biggest square that I could and designed within that. So I was in those confines. What I'm doing now, I am, I am designing. I am working with a designer for the house and I'm like, okay, what do I need? When we get to the point of a foundation, I'm going to be like, can we go another foot higher? Because that's so going to give will me still this. Be in the basement. Yes. So, we're like I said, different coasts, but mm. very few basements out in California. Right. Um, so our theaters have always been in kind of bonus rooms above the garage. 
Right. I would love to have the theater on the same floor as the rest of the living space. Uh, you know, so if you see, our, our, go ahead. I was thinking of that too, because I'm like, there's a possibility like, because I'm building a garage and there's not really going to be anything over it. Um, but my thing, and this gets to your same floor living space. I feel like in a basement, I have a better shot at sound management. Yeah. But I'll tell you in the uh, basement, being on the same floor. Okay. You get a lot more tactile from the subs, right? Like when, when my subs hit the whole floor, you know, has some give to it as opposed to being underground on a slab. Well, I'm in my theater. I get, I get that anyways, cause I'm on a riser. Okay. Okay. And oh, second row. Sure. Second row. I'm on a riser. Um, I have to imagine, I mean, that that's a good point, but there's also a way to mitigate that too, is you could also just put in, you could make the whole place on a riser. If I, if I had to, you could elevate every floor, floor and then be like, okay, now I'm going to get that feel regardless. But that point, that's where I feel like the, exactly what you're saying is why I feel like having a theater on the same floor, no matter what you did, you, that, that sound that you're feeling in the floor, it's going to re reverberate through those choices to the rest of the house. And it's going to make it harder to 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 control that whereas in a sure. theater if i now imagine i did a, a a false floor which it's not a false floor but a floor on top of the floor Loaded. put sound absorption underneath that walls you know double walled which right. is what room I would, within a room room within a room in the yeah. basement yeah it's not going to be perfect it's my design but it's not going to be like it's not going to reverberate to the rest of the house. You're just going to be, if you're outside it, you're going to hear the boom, 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 boom. But that's probably about it. You're going to feel right. that room within a room vibrate, not the whole house vibrate. Yes. You know, which I feel like it's a lot harder to build a room within a room in on the same level, on the same choices that you're trying to, you know, eliminate, that you're trying to get away from. Yeah, so part of our house is kind of connected through a breezeway, and I always thought it'd be cool if you were able to almost separate the structures in some way. Yeah, yeah, it's that'd be funny. You're going into your foundation guy. Yeah, can we um can we work on some sound dampening on this yeah. location right here? <laughs> yeah. So what's funny is I've been in anechoic chambers where they actually had saw cut the concrete all the way around yeah. the room, so it's so separated. It would it float entirely. Yeah, it's like, um, yeah, that's that that's fantastic. That's a great idea. How are you on time? Um, good. I got a half hour, so. So I got kind of two topics I wanted to cover with you. One was, what are the elements of home theater you love? And I kind of have three categories for that. And then I want to end up with these five questions from another podcast I used to do. All right, um, hit me. Okay, so so <laughs> loving home theater, there's, there's there's kind of three elements to it, right? So one is the movies, right? Yeah. The, Home theater is nothing without the movies that we enjoy, whether it's, you know, all the Star Wars movies, if it's the science fiction, the Terminator, if you're into action or if you're into drama, the, the movies are yeah. you know, kind of the fuel that everything runs off of. Without it, it's a bright light and pink noise. Right. <laughs> but, but, but beyond the movies, Still fun. You know, I think <laughs> what goes into that is the stories, right? If it's the Avengers and, you know, watching 10, 12, whatever years that it's been of, 
these characters evolving, collecting all of that, right? It's I, I miss out in some ways having Kaleidoscape now that I'm no longer buying discs, that I don't have something to physically set up on the shelf anymore. There's I'm not a no no package comes from Amazon. I press a button and it's right. there in a few minutes, right? Yeah. So there's there's kind of that collecting element of it that's gone away. There's no right it's like guys who used to listen to vinyl and you have the you know, the right. albums that you would read the liner notes and everything yeah. else. I feel like it's enhanced my collecting having the collateral. I, mean, I know I'm spending more. <laughs> no, no. I, I see. That's the thing is I don't think I'm spending more. I think like, for instance, Top Gun Maverick, I bought, obviously I got it in Kaleidoscape, but I, I, bought I ordered that from the theater. Right. Yeah. So, I, well, I, it wasn't available. I checked it at the theater. Yeah. And then when I got home, it was there. And that, I think that was the one that I was like, it's available. But then all of a sudden, it, like I was checking it so often that it became available, but only outside the States. But it was right. only because they had only activated. They, they were literally still like in probably working away in California. Right. And they just had, and I clicked like, nope, you're not eligible yet. But five minutes later, I was. So I yeah. was literally on the other end. First in line. Right. And be like, are you kidding me? I was like, that. Luke was probably on the other end activating these things <laughs> in California. Buttons. And here I am sitting here going, come on, for something that's not coming out for three months. But, right. but anyway, so I bought Maverick. Then I bought it on disc because I, I bought it streaming so that I could compare. But then I bought it on disc because I wanted to have the disc when everybody else got the disc. But I also bought it on, I bought that big box set. It was like $130. The Top Gun Maverick comes with both movies. It comes with extra thing, dog tags, everything. I bought that box set. Okay. Now it's, yes. Did I spend a lot on that movie? But here's where I think I'm saving money. I, I don't think I bought, I, I don't think. <laughs> See, that's how it is. I didn't buy Doctor Strange, you know, Multiverse of Multiverse. Madness. I bought it on Kaleidoscape, but I didn't yeah. buy the physical. Uh, Love and Thunder, I didn't buy physically. Um, all of these, so like, I think I'm still like buying, I'm spending money on physical, but now it's more centrally located to things I really want and I really want to display. Not yeah, like I, I've I've stopped buying physical altogether, and I used oh, to, yeah. you know, leading into Black Black Friday, I was picking out all the movies I was going to get, you know, yeah. whatever. And then you know, Christmas time, I had stacks of movies to open up the plastic on, and you know, get the digital code. And Years on ago, and... I used to oh, I used to kill me. November first to Christmas morning, I had to stop buying movies. Years mm -hmm. those twenty thirty years ago, I had to stop buying movies because I knew. That's what everybody got me. Christmas present. Sure. Right. And then it was somewhere like probably 15 years ago, maybe 10 years ago where I was like, oh, you know what it was? Um, you could start returning movies. And yeah. because it used to be once you bought it, didn't matter. Didn't matter if the cellophane was still on it. Didn't matter. You still, you couldn't return it. Once you could start returning movies, I just, I, I would buy, buy, buy it like normal, not like go crazy but I would buy what I wanted. And then on Christmas morning, I would just be like, or Christmas time when I got a gift. Oh, thank you so much. Do you have that one? Nope. And then just take that, put it away. And then I go buy something else. Right. But I'd be like, I didn't want to make anybody feel bad, but it's like, but at the same time I knew I could just return it and then I get something else that I want. 
So right, but like the, you know, the slick deals alerts that I used to get with my 4K UHD uh, search. It's like, yeah, I don't need. It. I'm not paying attention to them anymore. So I, I I miss the collecting the physical part of it to some extent, but I'm enjoying it much more. You know, with the speed and the ease. Of yeah, the yeah. Escape system. Um, you know, and you know, you don't have the the boxes and all the work and stuff, but you have better audio and video qualities. Yeah. Uh, so then the other part of it in home theater is the gear. Right, and I think you and I have already talked a ton about this, but it's it's really easy to um, be sucked in by black boxes that, without the movies, don't do anything. Right, you know. So I have two <laughs> seven channel amplifiers sitting over there that, without content, would be you know. But man, they've got copper chassis and dials and lights and switches and you know XLR connectors and there's just all this like coolness of the actual gear, and I'm I'm not even just the the middle Atlantic rack over there that's got, you know, fans built into it. And, you know, I bought a new sidewall for it or, you know, the, yeah. way the power management. So, I mean, it's just ridiculous how you obsess over uh, all of the parts and pieces of the hobby and the specs and the numbers. You're, you're like, you're, you're killing me here. Because everything yeah. you just said, it's like, so at one point in my rack that I built myself, um, and I, I was like, all right, I... I just wanted, I wanted to build a rat. So I built the rack. I bought some angle iron, put it together, painted it, wrapped some shelves in carbon fiber and put the thing to get, put it together. And I love it. But now I want that professional rack. I want that real, yeah. like you said, with the fan, like I have the fans, I have the AC infinity fan systems in my system, but I want a real professional server rack with everything that I can put everything in. And, um, but it's funny, like you were talking and, and I obsess over it, like, and it just, all of a sudden it'll, it'll hit me in the head. Like, I'll be like, oh yeah, I want a rack. And you're on Amazon going, all right, what rack do I want to get? What? And now it's worse because I know I'm building a theater and I'm like, now I have that excuse in my head. It just, I need this. Well, I don't, well, I'm, I'm building a new one. I, right. I could take it with me. Cause I, Joe's going to want, Joe's my son. Joe could use this one. So I could just put this one in and then take this out and I could use this for now. And I'm like, what am I doing? So I'll start shopping and I'll be like, what do I want to get? And how much, oh, blah, 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 all this stuff. But yeah, you're right. You obsess over that. I but that's the fun, right? It is. It, and it, that's it, part it, of the hobby also. That's yeah. part so of these the, are the three elements of it. And right? that's what, like, that's what makes us the nerds that we are. Mm -hmm. Like you're literally obsessing. It's like, <laughs> it's like, you know, when you're a kid and you, you know, some kids went to the Sears catalog and they looked to the back to the lingerie section. Nope. We went to the home theater section. Audio video. Like, where's that? Audio video. It's like, once you grew out of the toy section in the back, there were two types of guys. You went to the lingerie section or you went to the home theater section. We visited both, but where did you spend more time? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and it's funny when you talk about the professional rack. So you know i see speaking of lingerie section it, it, it's yeah it's, it's audio video porn right exactly. uh, the rack it, it it bugs me if i see someone's equipment rack that i can see the numbers where screws should be going like if you don't put blank oh. plates right? i'm like you're doing it wrong dude that doesn't look clean and tight and well right presented. And so you so, hate mine you can see all the holes in the rack <laughs> it's all there yeah, right. but it's a home a home built one but to your point when i first built this theater i built the rack okay this is good everything you're saying i wanted i built the rack out of two by fours okay 
for each piece of equipment. And it was all put in and like, all right, this, this first piece is going to go here. Second piece is going to go here. And it was all measured. I'm never going to change anything ne- ever. Well, no, I, all <laughs> I was thinking, this is my dream. I finally got a house. This is what the, the closet that I had, the door opened up and that's what you saw. But it, it, it gets better, Joe. <laughs> like, so I built it all out of wood. Then I went and I bought um, the uh, fo- black foam board and cut out the pieces to go around each one and then put uh, black tacks, pins that looked like they were like the screws holding it in. But it was like... So when you open that and there was a light at the top and all you saw was it looked like a professional rack. Okay. But it all falls apart when you change your gear. Cause now yeah, I've got to exactly. pull, I got to pull, I got to unscrew the two by fours. I've got to remeasure, recut, redo all this. But for like months, probably a it year or so, it looked like a professional rack. But if you went around and went in the closet on the other door on the other side and you looked at the back of it, you're looking at it. It looked it, like it, Tinker Toys. Yeah, no, it, it looked like something you'd build in the woods. Right. <laughs> it was all made out of wood. So, so my, my first one, you know, we bought the piece of furniture that hold the 27-inch TV and had the glass shelves yeah. you know, off the one side of it. The second one in our second house, we actually had someone custom build professional piece of furniture cabinetry inset that held our 36 inch HD TV that weighed, you know, 236 pounds, but it had, you know, storage for discs on either side and you know drawers that mm-hmm. pulled out, but it was all wood. And yeah, it was hard to access any of the wires. And if uh, you ever wanted more gear, if it either fit or if something had to come out, the third theater we did was yeah that's where i got our first middle atlantic rack where i took over one of my kids closets and cut a hole in the hallway and slid that rack into it and said you don't need a closet um but that was you know a thin middle atlantic five rack whatever it was the current one and i never buy this stuff new if i can help it but i found on craigslist someone had you know a 42 rack unit that they sold me for 300 bucks with all the shelves in it and everything so just a matter of actually I bought two or three of them, took the different parts that I wanted out of them and sold the rest away and kept what made sense for what we're doing now. That's awesome. And see, it's like, but that's what we do. Like I built mine out of wood. You built your, you know, it's like you, whatever's in your head. And let me ask you this. What was it that made you want to rack in the first place? I Magazines. Magazines. Exactly. It's, that's it's, what it's seen, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> It's either going into the stores or seeing, you know, those cool pictures of, you know, Hollywood millionaires or whatever, the, the home theaters that were in. Yeah. The audio video magazines that are just like, yeah, that, that's the right way to do it, right? That's that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. You don't have to. It works all without it, but it looks cooler if you have it. So. Yeah. And it's exactly, that's exactly right. That's, that's what I was, <laughs> I was hoping that's what you said, because it's like, that's where we got, you know, and to, what's funny is people everybody listening here all you know all of us you take images pictures and i'm i'm doing ht tours with ara all of these theaters we're seeing they would all be in those magazines because we are we have all achieved it's, what it's we want from there I, exactly it's like now the the ones that are in magazines now are even beyond that but we have sure. all pretty much achieved whether it's a living room theater like john has 
or it's a, a dedicated room. It's these rooms would all be in the magazines of the nineties. Oh it, yeah. It, you know, it, in those, the magazines in the nineties, the rooms that they had were crazy, but like crazy money. Right. And you're like, you could never even afford this stuff. And that's why you and I are looking at it going, all right, if I can build this thing out of two by fours and I can do this cheaper, what can I do? Right. (laughs) Right. And that's why I think it's funny. Like I heard, um, a few weeks ago, Rob say something on AV ran about how like the price of home theater seems to be going up. And I never, I, I meant to text him on that because I wanted to pick his brain, but it's one of those, I don't think it really is. I don't think it's become, it, we're, it's just getting that much better. Well, and I think it's it's going up in some ways if you want the top performance, but it's also, I mean, you can go buy an Epson projector now for, what, $1,500, $2,500 that outperforms what was around, you know, three, right. four years ago by orders of magnitude. That's really cheap. My first projector was $10,000. I didn't buy it for that much, but... Right. And that was an in-focus 720p, you know? Yeah. If I could buy this Epson today, you know, a 50-50 or 60-50, whatever, for 2500 that would have been a massive improvement. What I think is great is, and the first, and this is why I want, I should, I should text them today, um, give them a call, because I think the best part of, like, his perception, it's based, a lot of it, I think, is based off of the success of AV Rant. They've got so many listeners that have evolved with them that they've evolved into higher end theaters. Everyone gets older, hopefully makes more and money gets, and wants right. to get better performance. Sure. But the options for the crappy Frankenstein systems that we started with, it's still there. Oh. And it, but here's the funny thing. The crappiest Frankenstein system I could think of today blows away our systems of our, our, crappy thank frankenstein well, and don't forget, all that gear's still out there somewhere right you can buy used it no but i mean i'm even thinking like i started out with like a 25 inch television and like uh, literally the theater the the theater the stereo i had was one of those stereos that came in the shelf that it looked like it was separate but it was one all huge, one box right yep. and you and it had the spring-loaded speaker connections in the back that i had to why you know i had a double off of to get more speakers that i fried a system let the magic smoke out right yeah exactly <laughs> but it's stuff like that doesn't even exist anymore you can i mean for the price that i paid for that system there you could have like a 55 inch television and a decent a decent but, stereo with uh I'm, i say stereo a decent uh receiver and you throw in five crappy speakers it's gonna blow it away but i would say that the industry has changed dramatically. There's a lot of brands that don't exist anymore, right? That And, and yeah. we've seen a lot of monetization of it, but also, um, you know, Sound United now owns six major brands that used to all be different brands, right? Right. Um, you know, Pioneer, Integra, Onkyo, kind of the same situation where they're all, they're, it's getting smaller in some ways. I agree with that. Um, and, you know, how many companies are making Blu-ray players anymore? there's sony uh you know there's right. just a handful of manufacturers out there that are still supporting it so they're it's but definitely di- changing over the years but streaming's getting better and sure. and that's why they're not making the blu-rays anymore it's like why make these blu-rays when people m- the majority of the content 
um, majority of the people are getting fantastic versions of this content just through streaming. So my, my problem, we talked about this last time, is the inconsistency of streaming. You never know yes. where the bandwidth is, how, how good the pipe is at their end, your end. It's, whereas I think with disc or resident copy right. downloaded to home with like the Clydescape, you, you know you're getting the best possible. Yeah. And there's no fluctuation. It, you know, it looks the same coming off of that disc or that hard drive. Every right. Time. Well, there's no variance. To go back to AV rent again, did you hear like Tom's issue with streaming Amazon Prime? Yes. With yeah. the football game. Yeah. And, well, and, and and who are those companies supporting? What devices, right? Correct. So like yeah. you're getting different like one listener came back the week later and said, I had the same issue as you on one television, but not on another. So it's only us. We're the minority that even notices that True. most people don't have the systems to, to get that. Right. So I understand that's why like they're not making Blu-rays anymore. They're not, why put their money into there? I think that I'm hoping they're putting their money more into streaming for us. Like, all right, let's solve these problems for the people that do care about it so that maybe someday. And I mean, God forbid, but I mean, someday maybe Kaleidoscape would be obsolete. And then what? Well, it, the, the Apples and the Netflixes that are becoming as powerful as any studio that's in Hollywood that's making the, you know, cinema quality. Yeah. Commercial content. Streaming, I think, will continue. We've talked about also, you know, what can you get on a physical copy that was only on Amazon or was only on HBO Max? Right. Or, you can't. You know, yeah. It's, it's, you're going to have to adopt streaming if you want to watch all of it. If you want to so my, my, get as much content. But yeah, what was your other one? What, you got more? Uh, so the, the third element really about ways we love home theater is the rooms themselves. And I think we kind of hit on that over the last hour and a half. But it's the seats. It's the acoustic treatments. It's the decor. It's the layout. It's the lighting. It's it's all of the things that the lights on experience, uh, whether it's movie posters or collectibles or, you know, if you want a very clean look or you're, depending on how you're doing it, but it's all those elements that go into the room that, that impact the experience, right? You want your chairs in the right place. You want your speakers laid out properly, all of those things. But so it's, it's, you know, between the movies, the gear and the rooms themselves are kind of, I think the three ways that to me embody that home theater experience as an individual hobby. Absolutely. I, I love I, you're, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head tonight, today, yeah, whatever right. it is, morning where you are. <laughs> Okay, so so before I let you go, um, I used to listen to a podcast called Movie Crush, and okay. uh, the the host uh, was a guy who would, you know, big movie fan, had worked in the industry, and uh, I don't know if you listen to stuff you should know, but the podcast that they do still today, he would at the end of each interview, and he would interview people in the industry, um, writers, actors, producers, etc. He would ask them these five questions. So I wanted to ask you these same five questions, and I'll I'll answer it along with you. Okay, um, that's not fair. Crazy. You know the questions. Well, so that's true. Um, okay, so question number one. What was the first movie you remember seeing in the theater? Star Wars. I think mine's the same. It has to, it and, is. And to be honest with you, I only remember um, a couple of things. Uh, I re Three things I remember. I remember my dad taking me for uh, ice cream before the movie, because we got to the town, we were living in Franklin and we drove out to Needham where he grew up to see it at the movie theater there. And we mm -hmm. stopped at the friendlies for ice cream ahead of time. And I had a, uh, lime, um, shake. 
like lime sherbet, you know, float. So uh, I was, I was, uh, I was, my dad was working, uh, on a business trip and I had gone with him up to Sacramento area. We were living in the Bay area at the time. And I remember going to the domed theaters, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where it was and standing outside during the summertime, 100 degree heat, waiting to get into the theater. And I was probably five, six years old, but it's very, very, there's a couple of other movies, you know, around that time. I remember going to see Flash Gordon or Fox and the Hound or some yeah. of the, uh, Flash of the Titans, some of the other stuff. The Rescuers. Yeah, I remember that one. But, I, but, I remember yeah. that one. Yep. Yeah. So I think that kind of, and I know we've talked about this with other guests, cemented that love of movies. Well, yeah. For me, it was, like I said, there's, it, now I gave you that whole description of friendlies. For all I know, that was another time, I, you know, the way your memory works. For all I know, it was yeah. another time, but this that's my memory. And then I don't remember walking into the theater. I don't, because I honestly, I didn't know, I didn't have that big of a deal. It wasn't that big of, it was more of a big deal that I was going out with my dad. Because it was, like I've said before, yeah, one-on-one time with my dad was rare. So here I am going, I didn't know where we were going. I do remember leaving, where are we going, dad? You'll see. He did it to me another time when he took me to uh, a Red Sox, my first Red Sox game. Nice. uh, A few years earlier. He just took me and I was like, where are we going? I don't know. He's and he, I just go with him. We took the train in, whatever. When we got there, Fenway Park, we're in Fenway Park. And this is how bright I am, right? We talked earlier off air you know, hockey players, real bright. <laughs> We're sitting there looking at the field and I looked up at my dad and I went, is this where Bobby Orr plays? <laughs> so anyways, back to the movies. I don't remember going in, but I do distinctly remember um, Luke lighting the lightsaber. And, and I, I I saw it a little bit later. I remember talking with kids in, you know, on the playground or in the sandbox and, they, you know, you got to see this movie. There's a Death Star in it. I'm like... Death Star. What's that's a Death Star? Terrifying. What's that going to be? <laughs> yes. But, but yeah, it's just so vivid and foundational. Okay. Yeah. Question number two. What was the first R-rated movie you saw? Same situation. My dad, Tuesday night, my dad said, come on, let's go. Not only was it my first R-rated movie, I'm sorry, this is the first R-rated movie I was allowed to see. Okay. I don't, if it, if this isn't it, I know I've seen other movies. Um, I may have snuck in. I don't even remember that. This one I remember very vividly. Um, I was obviously older. I was 15, 15 years old, 1985. And, uh, Tuesday night, it's a school night. That was another big bonus. I was getting to go. And I'm like, he goes, come on, let's go. I'm like, where are we going? All the rules. Yeah. I'm like, where are we going? My mom, my mom was at work. Uh, my sister was old enough to watch the other two kids, so she stayed home. And we went uptown to the theater to see uh, Rambo First Blood Part Two, And it was it had just come out. It was big in the news that there were a lot of people, you know, picketing it. And a lot of veterans Blood were upset. And, and no, about how they were glorifying the Vietnam oh, War okay. in this one. And the veterans were all upset about it. And I still remember walking across the street. We parked across the street from the theater and we're in the middle of the road. And I said to my dad, and I'm like, what'd you think? And he goes, could have used more action. And I was like, <laughs> just laughing, right? Being sarcastic. That's my dad. And then we get in the car and I remember asking him, like, why are so many veterans upset? He was in Vietnam. I'm like, why aren't you upset like them? And he's like, everybody has a different perspective. He goes, yeah. I don't want to dwell on that. And I was like, Okay. And hello, Brightside Home Theater. (laughs) 
But yeah. So so my my answer on that one, I think if I remember right, was Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Oh. And uh, boobies. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that was uh, early in the VCR days. Uh, friend, a little bit older, uh, only child, you know, had the the TV in his room with the VCR. Oh. <laughs> we, 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 I should not be watching this, but it's really interesting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's yeah. That's a good one. That's yeah, but, but I, I, I do remember we, we did go see uh, Rambo Part Two at the drive-in with a friend up in Canada, and we told the parents we were seeing something else, but we <laughs> saw that one. Uh, and yeah, I don't think they ever heard the whole story behind that. Okay, question number three: Will you walk out of a bad movie, and do you remember doing so? I've never walked out. Um, I've never. Yeah, I don't. I can't imagine ever walking out of a theater i wouldn't i i you'd, you'd play. I, I i'm that yeah I, I would stay the whole time um the there's only one movie i've ever returned and that was and but i watched it all the way through and that was um judge dread with stallone i didn't like the laser disc and dave took it back and that was back when you couldn't take stuff back but that was like a 45 dollar disc back right. then and i was like I, I can't i can't justify 45 dollars for this thing i i just didn't like it but i wouldn't i have too much appreciation for the for, like what went into making it to actually get because i always say that as bad as a movie is nobody on that movie thought it was going to be that bad they're just yeah, not right. that great of actors or whatever but they all think they're doing their best and um you know i chose to come here something got me into it so i'm right. gonna watch it <laughs> Yeah, so I think the very real. I'm very much like you. I'm like, look, I paid the money. I'm going to stay and uh, finish the show. But I do remember, yeah, during college, I think we didn't stay to watch all of L.A. Story, Steve Martin movie. Yeah, I like that. Steve Martin and uh, what's her name from Sex and the City, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, but it just it, it, on that day that movie was just not worth. Yeah, for us, so we didn't didn't stay for it. Um, and I know the answer to this one already, but do you have any guilty pleasure movies? Things that you're embarrassed to admit that you like? Guilty pleasure. Um, I can't say that I, I can't say that I don't have them. I know I do. I'm trying to think of ones. Those are a hard one to come up off the top of my head because I need to have somebody say they hate that movie. And then for me to give me some examples and uh, uh, it, maybe it'll refresh. Cause I, my mind's blank right now, but I know so, I have so, a ton of them. Cause I love everything. Yeah. I, I like the GI Joe movie, yep. which is just, yes, kind of absolutely. Trash, and I know that it is, yep. but it's fun to watch. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm looking over. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to, some of the aliens versus predator some of the bad terminators oh i love them i yeah i love the the first alien versus predator but i don't even consider that that's the what the one where they went to antarctica that one yeah i love that movie and i i I, but yeah but it's like but i i have a blast with it so so. but so then the the best example to me and i love this movie but it's uh big trouble in little china yes yeah i haven't seen that in years though i haven't seen that since we were kids cheese all ridiculousness but yeah uh, my son even dressed up as jack burton for halloween you know, oh nice just, yeah <laughs> but those are just you know, examples of movies that yeah not everyone loves they're not high art that's for sure but they sure are fun to watch yeah it's i have a harder time with like stuff that I, people love that i'm just not like 
well, that's not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but people are enamored with, but I'm not, which is mm-hmm. weird. I have a hard time with that because I, I, I love almost everything, right? I can find good in every movie. And then when people are like over the top with it, I'm like, really? Like, really? That Like, for instance, the latest one was Bullet Train. I mean, I, yeah, I loved okay. it. I had a great time with it, but they, John and Steve were both like, yeah, I loved it. It's a great movie. And I'm like, really that that stuff (laughs) i'm like it was it was good and and it it was a great time it was a great home theater experience i highly recommend it and all that and that's how i would portray it but listening to them i felt like i was like well whoa whoa, guys it wasn't that good (laughs) and and that's and i just have a hard time with that because usually i'm up above everybody else going come on everybody this look at dinosaurs are running yeah for the fifth time (laughs) it's like okay so question number five last question for you movie going 101 what what are your rituals you know where do you sit what do you eat what time of day do you go what theaters do you go to okay um i typically go uh opening now my ritual is it's a 3 3 30 p.m uh on opening day and i get a box of popcorn a small, small, the smallest box of popcorn they have. Uh, there's a caveat to that. A uh, smallest box of popcorn and a junior mints and that either a water or, you know, a, whatever, an energy drink if I have to skate that night or something or, or a drink. Okay. I sit as when I pick my ticket, like I said earlier, dead center, middle of the screen, which in my theater is row H, like seats eight or nine. Um, and I try to get there. I don't want to miss any of the trailers, even though I've probably seen them all, but I want to experience the trailers. Um, those are getting long by the way. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's about, I park in the same spot. Um, all of that. So, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you as much as possible. Usually it's my son and I, one of my sons yeah, my son too. It's I, I always buy two. If my son can go with me, he goes with me. Especially now, that's become the new tradition because he's out of school now. He has his job, and he to the point that I buy two tickets now. And he, when he started his job, he started as hourly as an engineer, and they did just within the last year they upgrade they upgraded him. He got salary. He got he showed his worth. He got salary and all that, and he doesn't take time off he doesn't like to take time off. He, he likes to work. He loves doing what he does. And they're like, you got to take time off. So now I'm like, Joe, just tell him you're going to go to the movies. And he's like, Oh, I feel like a jerk. Well, he finally did. He's like, I'm going to the movies with my dad. You are. And they love it. Yeah. It's, they love it. They're like, you still hang out with your dad. So now it's to the point that I went to the bees game Thursday night. I had already bought two tickets to, see Wakanda at three 30. Mm-hmm. I couldn't go. Soon as I found out I was going to the bees game, a buddy of mine wanted to go. So I was like, yeah, let's go to that game. And that was the only one he could go to. So I was like, all right, I guess I can't go to Wakanda. So that right away, I bought 10 30 the next morning, 10 45, whatever. Right. But I told my son, I'm like, you can still go. So I had bought four tickets. Only three of them got used because my wife went with me as veterans day the next day. So we went in the morning but yeah, my son goes with me to every movie because, and now it's, that's, that's a fairly new tradition, but that now he's worked in on it. 
but but agree with you. So we'll we'll always sit center of the audience, you know, probably halfway back or so, but trying to be in the middle of the screen. But I just don't understand that people say, I want to sit right next to an aisle. Or, I want to sit in the back row. And I'm like, that doesn't feel symmetrical. No. But uh, we're usually the, the, the large bucket of popcorn, and we'll share it and one large Diet Coke you know, for the calories. But uh, yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, we'll, we'll go through that. And if, if there's not a you know, Snickers in my pocket or something else when I walk in, wouldn't be surprised. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll try and go. Usually oh, I have not, one other thing, too. I get the peanut butter M&M's. Oh, too. Uh, yes. The red package. Yep. Yeah. I'll get that. Fantastic. And then, yeah, it's, it's usually, I'll try and go like right after work that, you know, that five o'clock showing if we can, uh, or midday on the weekend. And then, you know, usually the, the theaters around us have gotten better. We still don't have a Dolby, uh, theater, uh, but we'll, we'll go to the mm-hmm. Cinemark and see it in the XD theater or in one of the uh, higher performance theaters if at all possible. Yeah. I have, we have the, the closest quality theater to us is the showcase cinema X plus and it's 20 minutes away. Um, have you been to a Dolby theater? Yep. There's one, but here's where you get into diminishing returns. It's like an hour and 20 minutes away. It's in Dorchester of, which is just South of Boston. Um, and it's great. I love it, but is it worth that drive? When we, to to be fair, I can see it in really good quality, pretty good quality, I should say, at X plus, and then get the Dolby Cinema experience at home when it comes yeah, yeah, out at home. at home. Yeah, right? we, we took the family to see Spider Man when we were in Vegas to to one of the Dolby theater, and it was impressive. I it mean, is. It was large. It was bright. It was loud. It was, you liked it a lot. You could feel it. I I noticed like the the picture is fantastic, but I felt like the sound was just so much more. Um, Dynamic is the best the, way. Do you do the D box theaters? No, I've never done a D box theater. I think I, you know, it's gimmicky. It's a little too uh, amusement park ride ish. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It might be worth trying. I yeah, it would be worth trying. But again, this is one of those like I don't want to have to travel. If if they had one near me, if one popped up, it's not like I would say I'm not going. But. That's so much out it's there for a twenty-five dollar ticket or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it, for me, that's so far out there that, like, I'm like, I'm not gonna go out of my way to see it and to do that. Like now, if I was on vacation and one was right there where I was staying or something, but yeah, I would give it a shot. I'm not against it, but at the same time, I'm not making that my my tradition. Now, another one I would like to add is I used to be because of my work, I can get out whenever I want. I can schedule things. I just put it in like, oh, I already have an appointment at that time. (laughs) So I schedule these in, but I also have bad weather. Now, another thing I used to do, and I'm hoping to get back to this someday, but my daughter, because my daughter and now my son, I'm sorry, my dad and I, that, you know, one-on-one time was rare. Um, my daughter and I, one-on-one time was always rare because she danced. My wife took her to dance and I coached and my son played hockey. So we, mm-hmm. we kind of split off that way. But what I used to do is a couple of times a year, if it's raining, just drive up to the school, check her out of school and go take her, see a movie <laughs> and be like, <laughs> and she, at first, the first time I did it, she was like, what happened? What's going on? Cause when kids get distressed, 
yeah, am I in trouble? Did somebody die? Did something happen? Why am I getting dismissed? And it became, by the time she graduated, now this started when she was in like first or second grade. We saw Kung Fu Panda. We saw all of the, right? And took her to all of these movies. By the time she graduated high school, when she was getting dismissed, she was like, bye, everybody. I'm going to the movies. <laughs> but I'd never tell her. It was always just a surprise. And it was just, I'd just show up at the school and be like, yeah, could I uh, check out Megan Briggs? <laughs> like, who are you? Yeah, that's something fun that carries on from your dad. I think yeah. you guys did together too. Right. And that that's what I tried to want I wanted to do, but then she went to college. My I wanted to go down to her college. You can't do that. I can't just show up yeah. at her college. I wanted to try it, but then I'm like, what what kind of, I look like a freak, a, a pervert. A Why, where's yeah. Megan? <laughs> I want to take Megan to the movies. Uh, yeah, there's this old guy looking for <laughs> Megan. Wants to take her to the movies. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that Yeah. And now she's a nurse. Can't go walking through a hospital saying that. And surprise, surprise. <laughs> I have to get off your ship. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I want to take check Megan out. She's getting out of work because her dad said so. <laughs> that wouldn't work. So Okay, so th- those are my five questions for you. That, that's kind of what I want to you know, finish it out. But uh, if there's anything else you want to talk about, let me know. Let's, um, now that we have a, a couple more minutes, um, let's get back to that last, uh, of your three keys to, uh, to, to home theater hobby in the room. Yeah. And yeah. And like, like we said, it's like, um, one, let's just start it off with this comment. You don't have to turn anything on. If you have a dedicated room, people walk in and go, what the, yeah. Right. They've never seen a screen that big. Yep. They don't, you know, you got 11 chairs in here and they're nice leather recliners and you know, having that in your home and comfortable. Oh, now let's give some love to the living room theaters too. You go into somebody's living room, especially now, John, I think is an outlier. He's got 123 inch screen in his living room, but you go in with a, an 85 inch screen or, or if you have a short throw in your living room, like John and the way John, I mean, if, John's set up, it's nice couches, nice everything. I've, you see the pictures and it's like, he's got his speakers on stands appropriately placed. It's a legit, it's a dedicated room, but it's also his living room, right? Mm-hmm. It's a dedicated theater, but it's also a living room. So it, it's, somebody walks into one of those and they're just like, oh, the room, yeah. you're just like, wow, what do you got? They can't. And my point is you haven't turned anything on. You've just come out. Hey, everybody, come on over my house and we'll, we'll hang out. And you just, everybody walks in and goes, what the hell you got going on here? Turn so that funny, on. <laughs> I, I've had friends come over to talk, you know, show them the home theater stuff. And they'll, they'll see my family room set up. You know, it's an older plasma 5.1 yeah. energy and, you know, denim receiver and JBL stuff. You know, it's like, it's, it, it, to me, you know, it seems very run of the mill. I'm like, oh, this is nice stuff. I'm like, no, oh, no, no. We're going to go upstairs. Come on. Yeah, this yeah, doesn't yeah. count. So what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, you got a home theater. They come in and they see that and they're like, right. wow, this is better than what I have. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is the hand me down. <laughs> yeah. You haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> Keep on going. People used right. to do that here. Come on, let's go downstairs to my theater. And they'd come down and see the TV I have with a couch in front of it and be like, and they, I, I remember two of Joe's buddies from hockey came over once. This was when he was a kid. And I go, go on downstairs to the theater. And they're standing there in front of this TV. And they're like, this is your yeah, theater. Wrong room. I was like, go in that door over there. <laughs> so, so now one thing, it's funny you mentioned going downstairs, but we go upstairs. Right, right. I have the entire stairway is lined with about 15 more movie posters. And so it's, it kind of 
sets the mood as you're going up towards the theater. Of, this is oh, this is about watching movies. Okay, this is a different yeah. place in the house. I get it. Yeah, so. you need you need a sign. Leave your cell phone here. Right. Put a little plastic bucket. <laughs> Leave your cell yeah. phone at the door. Take the tickets there. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, the room is again like you said. The first two are you know the movies, the gear, and the room. And yeah. each one of those is huge all by itself. Right. They right? Are, you, you need to combine them together in the right ratios to get the best experience. Well, that's what it, when they all come together, that's your experience. But you show somebody, now let's just go each one of them at a time. And it's like, room, nothing's turned on, right? You just walked in and people are like, <gasps> this is great. Now turn everything on and be like, Oh, wow. Oh, my God. Do you see that projector? Whatever it is, it's it could be Apple TV screensaver up on the screen. You show them a theater rack and all the colorful lights. Right. If you have it, yeah. however, yeah, you the have gear, it, the gear, they're just not amazing. turned on. Doesn't they're like, what kind of people. I mean, I've had people go up to my projector and look around it and stuff and put their hands by the vents. And they're like, oh, wow. And it, all of that. Then now whether it's physical or kaleidoscape what do you want to watch and you show them your collection and they stand in front of them and go this is all of it you know each step in our theaters and i say our not just me and you joe i'm talking everybody listening it's like you think like ha ha i think of like all the theaters i've seen and it's they all have like their you know collection of their 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 collection <laughs> their collection of movies is sitting there and you're like, and everybody displays it differently. But every single one, I'm like, Oh, I'd like to do that. <laughs> it's like, I, I remember seeing, being very impressed by large libraries, you know, where you yeah. have hundreds and, or thousands of discs, uh, you know, DVD, Blu-ray, 4k laser disc, whatever, you know, I'm just like, oh, wow, that's, you know, and this is, you know, we used to walk into Suncoast video and look around going, like, look at all these movies. I've seen so many movies. Yeah. But yeah, building that library is fun. And, and, and like I said, each and every one of them, each and every one of those three all by themselves is like jaw dropping to people outside the theater, outside mm-hmm. of the hobby. Yeah. But then it's the combination when they sit down and you're like, <gasps> and the, the one last one, which isn't really what it's not necessary, but it does kind of top it off. It's the concessions. It's the popcorn. And it's like, now you sit there and you're like. Oh, you, would you like some popcorn with that? Or would you like it? And it's like that. I would like my concession stand to be out. I will have, I, if I have a lobby area, there will be a section for that. Yes. yes. Outside yeah, the I room. Agree. Right and now our, our kitchenette is in the theater and I wish it was right prior to the theater. So that, yeah, if you have your arcade, your equipment, your popcorn, fridge, microwave, all that kind of stuff. Out there, so. Exactly. But that's next. That's it's it's next in the ever evolving evolution of your theater, <laughs> of your hobby, really. So, oh, good stuff, Joe. How much good did to we? Talk to you. How much did we get to? I think we hit uh, almost everything on my list. You know, I kind of. Oh, there's the five questions down at the bottom. Yeah, what I yep. wanted to, uh, there, there's one conversation we'll have. We'll save for next time. But that was kind of comparing uh, BTSX, uh, Atmos, and RO 3D on the same kind of. A Oh, like I did with Jurassic Park, uh, Jurassic World Dominion. Yeah, but I'm just talking not necessarily that it was uh, recorded that way, but just uh, playing back the same scene. Yeah. On three different upmixers and comparing 
seen that you like that. We'll get into that another time. Nice. Good stuff. It, 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 there's always so much more. Yeah. It's like always so much more to talk about. It's like we on all of those subjects. It's like if I didn't have to go stack a bunch of wood, I'd just be like, let's hit it all now. There but, you go. hey, we got other things in life, right, buddy? <laughs> all right. Hey, great to talk to you. But as always. Yeah. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it. Everybody uh, have a great week. Uh, I'll be back on Friday with John. I got some great movies. Lots of fun. Um, I'm really excited about one that I'd seen when I was a kid, and now I can't wait to tell, talk about it with John. Uh, so check that out on Friday. Till then, go push play. Hey, Fred. This has been a Hey, Fred production. With theme music by Jeff Bernhardt and Throne Vault Productions.